we are here now in week number two, the second episode of Nerd Thug Radio. We made it a week. No one thought we would. We're here. We're still standing. I got my man Joey Savage here Yo. with me. This is Corey DLG. And this is Marvel's first mutant, Nico the Namor Submariner. Uh, we got a big show, but first, before we get into what we're going to do this week, we got to wrap up some loose ends from last week. We had some really awesome stuff. We had a lot of fan participation. I want to thank everybody for getting on the Facebook page, liking us, making comments. We really enjoyed it. We enjoyed the feedback. Thank you to everyone who subscribed to us on iTunes. Yes, yes. You can go to... We are now everywhere. So we're now on buzzsprout.com. We're now on iTunes. We're now on... Um, Stitcher. Stitcher. It's a, it's a podcasting app. So it's almost like instead of finding music you love, you get to listen to people talk. And you get to love us. Spread the word. Tell your friends. Yes. Or I will find you. Ooh. And give you a high five. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that didn't turn out so bad then. Um, so real quick, we actually want to do a shout out to two particular fans here. We were talking about who would win our Sweet 16 superhero matchup. Uh, we went Thor versus Superman in the final. And we actually had some, some interesting comments here. We're going to read those real quick. Donald Williams, he said, I'd say Superman, if there's no kryptonite involved, also brings to debate, is Superman worthy of picking up Thor's hammer Mjolnir? If he can, then that also takes away one of Thor's advantages. Great comment, Donald. Uh, I like the comment. Also, real quick, uh, what do you guys think? Can Superman pick up Thor's hammer? I would think he'd be worthy. He's a pretty, he's a pretty amazing character, and just he's always just a real, real swell guy, a real American, real hero swell man. American hero. I'm gonna say Odin hates him and says no. You think so? I, I think it would almost be like he's too good, and Odin don't like that cheesecake. You know what I mean? What that, if it's when true, Odin's dead? Okay, so if Odin's if Odin's dead. And, and the Odin Force is, just exists gone, in the hammer. And Thor's dead. Then I suppose if, if you're looking for the next worthy and Steve Rogers is nowhere nearby. Or Jane Foster. Right. Okay. Okay. Then I guess, yeah, I guess I'd let him pick it up then. But that's like only if. Uh, Jeremy King took the other side here. He says, Superman is stronger, but I would give victory to Thor because of the magical elements included with his powers. Superman has often shown weakness to magic, even being cut by Wonder Woman's sword. So I think Mjolnir would wreck him. And honestly... As far as the voting and all that went, the everyone kind of agreed with Jeremy there. The final tally, Thor wins it hands down. It wasn't even close. Uh, it was eighty percent to twenty percent. Not even a close. That's not even there. close. That was at a rough all. for the the golden child there. Yeah. Superman took a beating there. Superman <laughs> takes a pretty serious beating. Uh, real quick, just to round it out, if you want to see this fight uh, played out in life, go to YouTube. Uh, there's a page, Bat in the Sun. They do superpower beatdowns where they pit two superheroes against one another and they fight it out. It's a, it's a pretty big um, conglomerate on uh, YouTube right now. So check them out. That's Bat in the Sun on YouTube. They do a lot of cool little matchups, but this yeah. one actually pertains this exactly one, to what we're talking this about. This one was actually um, portrayed in one of their sh- earlier shows. Um, however, they picked Superman beating Thor. So who, who would you take? Who would I take? The Marvel inside of me has to go with Thor. All right, I mean, okay. okay, I'm just going to say this. When we were talking through, I was picking Batman to beat Superman. I feel like Batman could have got the job done. If I think Batman can get it done, Thor can definitely get it done. Okay, all right. What about you? Uh, just real quick, who would you take in the Batman-Thor fight? <sighs> I knew you were going to ask me this. I'm going to take Batman. Wow. You are a huge Batman fan. I don't even know, you know what I'm you. not even that big of a Batman fan. How would you I didn't read this? Batman much, the comics... As a kid, no, I mean, I do love the movies, and I like the iconic person that he is, but he he plans everything out. 
Okay. Like, all right. Okay. I'm more into. So not, I'm guessing he's gonna have some sort of superstar yeah. plan. Exactly. He doesn't hit. He doesn't hit the hardest, and but he is the most precise, and he has the best timing, and his plans are well thought out. But I feel like he, the reason he could beat Superman is because he could always go to the Kryptonite Ring, which levels things between. Them. I'm just gonna bounce back to whatever I said. It was Deadpool versus Thor last week. Okay. All if right. Deadpool gets a hold of the God Killing Axe. He wins. Batman can definitely. Batman win gets a hold of the axe. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm actually gonna go Thor. Uh, now the nerd in me does point out that this actually they did have an Avengers Justice League crossover. And Superman and Thor did fight, and Superman did win it. Um, but in me, I, the way I see it, I think Thor, this hammer was forged in the heart of a dying sun. Um, Mjolnir is just a big deal, and Thor's an even bigger deal. I, I take Thor. I want to give a quick shout-out. Uh, my cousin, Ben Ballard, texted me these simple words. I would give up my man card for Starbucks any day. Wow. Wow. I'm right there with you, buddy. So you guys hand out man cards just left and right as though these things grow on trees. Guilty for, pleasure. For, Starbucks. For grappuccinos. And the G stands for gay. Ooh. Yeah. Gay for Tay. Gay for, I am gay for Tay. I'm not going to lie about that. But that's that's a whole different thing. That's a man thing. To so do. thanks for the participation. Uh, we're going to get something else going here. Corey's going to explain it. Uh, we're going to have to get your participation well, on this Well, Nico here. Uh, uh, I, I would definitely vote a Plastic Man because uh, he's the best character. No, okay, never mind. That was my fault. I <laughs> that's, why, why, that's why I said You know what? You were right. I, I just, shouldn't have even... You just keep producing. We'll keep talking. Yeah, that was our our fault, guys. But, our honestly, fault. but honestly, I would take Thor. I think just the magic elements really just negate Superman. I, I, I think so. I think that's really the kicker there. So, real quick, uh, today we got a packed show for you guys. We're going to dive right into it here with some politics talk in a completely different way. Coming up, also, we're going to talk about The Walking Dead. The season finale was uh, Sunday. That was... Uh, there's a lot going and on. Walks, we're going to talk uh, about that. Fear of the Walking Dead's coming up now. And Fear of the Walking Dead's about to start. Uh, we're not going to touch on that yet, just because... Uh, I'll cop to it. I didn't watch last season. I did not either. So, I, I did, and I actually really liked it, because it's cool seeing the world kind of descend into madness after I do No, and that's what, that's what I do want to see. I'm hoping I'm going to catch maybe some on-demand of this here pretty soon and catch up, and then we'll be able to talk about that. Um... We're going to talk Battlefront. The new Star Wars DLC came out today. That's going to be in our new segment called The Casual Gamer. Yes, it is. And, uh, well, I say today. It came out Tuesday. We played it today. Um, also, we're going to talk a little Hero Clicks, and then we're going to talk a little bit of Netflix. Uh, but so, starting us right into it here, uh, I'm going to kick it to Joey Savage here. We had an interesting conversation about politics, and so we're picking fictional characters to fill political positions. Okay, so one of the things that just drives me bonkers on Facebook is people constantly pushing their political beliefs on everybody. Okay, all right. I'm I mean, totally just keep it to that. yourself. Right, I'm with you. But right now, I'm going to push my political beliefs on all you guys. All right, you have but a microphone. I'm, but I'm coming at you from a nerd perspective. Okay. So what I've done here is I've picked a presidential candidate and his vice president who I would like to see run the United States of America. All right, okay. So my president... Would be the head of Hogwarts, Albus Dumbledore. I love it. From the Harry Potter world. Okay. Um, His vice president running mate with him. I'm going to go from the Star Wars world, Yoda. Okay? (laughs) Now listen, I kind of was thinking I'll go Yoda as the president, but I want to be honest... I think 90% of America wouldn't understand a dang word he was saying. No, yeah. He, he backwards talks, and he, you got to unrattle right. it. But know. I also started looking at it from this point. If you remember from Star Wars Episodes 1, 2, and 3, more importantly, Episodes 2 and 3, when they had the Jedi Council, okay, um, Yoda is kind of pulling the strings from behind, and Mace Windu 
is kind of running things. Right, but he's right? sort of the voice. Right. And, and Yoda is sort of the brain. So that's how I'm looking at this this presidency, where Yoda is the man behind Albus Dumbledore. So he kind of makes suggestions and comes up with some long-term plans. Right. And then Dumbledore, the grandfather of magic. So here's some of the things I like about uh, Dumbledore. Uh, J.K. Rowling, who wrote the Harry Potter series, she described Dumbledore in these simple words. He is the epitome of goodness. All right. How would you not want someone like that running the country? I mean, I think you got to have a little bit of, like, like a dash of anger somewhere in you to be president, I think. But when it gets deep down to it, everything that he does is founded in goodness. Like, you've seen me... Okay, he, he's getting there in the Order of the Phoenix. He comes in. He knows how to fight. Right. Like, he, he knows he's been in battle. He knows what it's like to take on evil, all kinds of evil, the worst of all evil. Okay. So why wouldn't you want this guy running your country? Uh, one of the big platforms... Well, well, I mean, spoiler alert here, but but doesn't he die in Order of the Phoenix? Well, doesn't every... No. He, he dies towards the very end. Okay, okay. I mean, doesn't everyone die at some point? Yeah, but I mean... Unless you're... He's also really old, I mean... He's okay. like 111, oh. I think. <laughs> all right. Okay, all right. I mean, right. everyone's going to die except for us, obviously, because when we turn 50, we're going to go find the Fountain of Youth. Right. Yes. Done deal. Yeah. Um, my biggest platform uh, that Dumbledore and Yoda will run on is going to be education. Okay. They want to they make the world a smarter I think one, place. Of the, one of the biggest problems with uh, this country is education. Okay. All right. Well, I, mean, I definitely agree with you being uh, a part of the education system as it is now. They're, they're not even teaching how to write cursive. I, I, don't mean, know how to, I don't know how to sign my name. There we go. See, education is what we got to get into. Um, here's some other points uh, for Dumbledore that um, he's a very liberal to me type president. Okay. Um, J.K. Rowling, his sexuality has come into play, um, and she said that she feels like he uh, um, is a homosexual. Okay. Um, but was spurned at a young age, so now he's asexual. So All right. Being asexual, I feel like he can play to anybody, any race, any religion, any sexual preference, because he doesn't. He's not going to lean either way. Okay. He's going to be very pro-choice. All right. Very okay. neutral character. He's a very neutral. He's going to be very pro-choice. Um, also, so I mean, he's going to be pro-choice when it comes to everything. I think he's going to be pro-safe sex. So a lot of the uh, people are going to get behind that. That's the way, I mean, unfor- that, not unfortunately, but that's just the way we're going these days. I mean, you're either going to get behind it. That's one of the big heated topics when you think true, anything. True. Um, just to put it in perspective, uh, in the state of Georgia, they film a lot of movies there. Yes. They did a lot of kickbacks to the state. It's very cheap for film. They had a, a law that was passed Congress. The governor just shot it down. Uh, but it's basically saying they wouldn't um, force companies to protect the rights of that. And it was also like preachers. Like they wouldn't, you know, a preacher couldn't deny someone, marry them because of their sexual right. preference. Right. And basically, all the media got behind it is like, hey, if you pass this, we're pulling out of Georgia. Right. So that's a big topic. Um, and I feel like he could appease both sides of of the of the circle here. Like okay, I, I think okay. he can get behind both sides. All right. I would I would feel like he'd be very pro gun control, which is another liberal stance. Now I feel like he carries a wand, so in the Harry Potter world That's packing. The, the He's wand, packing. He's packing. So everybody's packing. Right. But I think they try to limit it, limit who's packing. Which I don't think is such a bad idea. Like I'm not against people owning guns. But some of the people that do own guns, quite frankly, should never own guns. You know what I mean? <laughs> this is a very true statement. Like, I don't want to take guns away from people because, you know, that's, that's your right. It's a constitutional thing, the right to bear arms. But we should limit who is able to get them. Okay. All right. Okay. So, but Yoda, on the other hand, um, you know, he's trained just about every powerful Jedi there is. 
There's a, lot of them. there's a lot of powerful Jedi's. He's been there. He's got the military background. He led the uh, clone army in the first three episodes. So he's got kind of that military background. He's probably one of the most wisest person or figure that you could see in the. He, uh, he is like a million years old. He's so. a million years old. Exactly. <laughs> true. There ain't nothing this guy ain't seen. So I think these two guys working together um, would be a great fit to take this country into a new direction. Okay. So, Corey, what do you th- any thoughts on, on my two my two picks here? Um, and then you see that you're like, ah, I don't know if that would work or not. Yeah, I, it would be an interesting ticket. I definitely you definitely went in a way different direction than I thought you would. Uh, That's awesome. Uh, I definitely was expecting those two to be your two. So, going into this, who did you think I would I would pick to come? Uh, I was thinking you were going to go more comic book based, uh, just because that's something. That we we know better, but you're but not. I am very versed in the, the you, Harry you, Potter. You, you do like fan. to read, as you said in episode one. You I like, to, like read. to read. Let me give you a little history on my Harry Potter life. Okay, okay. Growing up, I never watched <laughs> Harry Potter. Right, I didn't think it was one of the cool things to do. And I'm gonna go back to this. My wife has turned me on to so many cool ideas. Right, man, you so, were just you were just. What did you do wrong? <laughs> Nothing. To suck up. So when we first started dating, she was into Harry Potter. She's, okay. You know, four years younger than me, so she's a little younger. Harry Potter was more of her thing when she was younger. Fourteen years younger. No, four. <laughs> oh, okay. Quattro. Correct. <laughs> so she wanted to go see the new Harry Potter movie. She's like, well, you have to take me. I'm like, okay, sure, whatever. But you're going to have to watch the first three films so you know what's going on. Whoa. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. I'll get it's behind this. It's a whole this. trilogy. It's kind of a lot of work. I'll, I'll, get, behind, a, I'll get behind this. It was a big commitment. 30 minutes into the first movie, I was hooked. Okay. I mean, oh, no, was... I would literally go like a full day and just watch every single movie as it was out. And then repeat. <laughs> and then remember, just repeat, repeat, repeat. So Harry Potter is one of the things I'm, you know, I'm pretty big on. And I feel like Dumbledore would be the great president. Okay. For the United States of I, America. Even though he's British, we can get past that. Yeah, it's, it's I, feel like, I feel like he would make a, like an interesting like Secretary of Education. Nah. I don't know that I want him leading nah. my nation, though. Nah. No? He's got it, man. Okay. All right. Okay. But I respect your opinion. I, I think I would make him, I think I would make him I my know. Secretary of Education <laughs> because he ran this prestigious school. And there was a lot of – he played a lot of politics in the background of it because, you know, there was the war on the – you know – the the good versus the secret, evil, basically. The, the secret society that ba- that basically was following the Death Eaters. Yeah, the Death Eaters. And so, you know, I get what you're saying. I, I think I feel like it would be like less the leader of the nation and more the guy in charge of helping I will say the one negative thing about Dumbledore, this is why I have Yoda here, he's not very good about picking his cabinet. Okay, right. In every single movie, the Ministry of Dark Arts turns out to be some kind of bad news. That's true. That's so true. that's why I've got Yoda here to make sure he stays at night. <laughs> if Yoda spoke clean, perfect English, he he'd would be guy. he'd be the guy. But however, he because doesn't. he came under the wall, yes, right. So oh. he's gonna he's gonna pull those strings behind Dumbledore. Okay, Bam. Wham, See, Yoda. I, I actually I would like him to be my Secretary of State. I w- I'd be okay with that. See, I, th- I would take your candidates. I would put them in more defined positions. They wouldn't be my candidates. They wouldn't be. But so that's here's why they are my candidates. So here's my ticket. All right, let's hear it. I'm okay. ready. I'm excited. So. So I, did, I went something a little different here. There better not be a mutant. There's no mutants. Uh, but there's a balance. There's uh, a balance here. Senator Robert Kelly? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no Senator Robert Kelly either. So my presidential candidate would be none other than Steve Rogers. Um, a soldier. Okay. He's, he's a soldier. He served. Served uh, exemplary. I mean, he was a, he was a true American hero. I'm pretty sure he's made of apple pies. Like right. Exactly. He's a true American. And he so, also has previous experience, so he would be running again. Right. Um, and so also, more importantly than all of that, 
you know, when they talk about the good old days, this is a guy who lived in that time and can take the the, the actual good virtues from those times. Okay, and and inst- and remind America what those virtues were about, what they entail, where they come from, um, and kind of kind of rebase those in a modern world. Um, however, his VP is going to uh, uh, Doctor Doom. Oh, yeah, that, I don't know how that's going to work. That's a rough one. See, here's the deal with Doctor Doom. Here's why I like him. Doctor Doom don't play around, right? No. Doctor Doom, pretty serious. He's played both villain and neutral character. Never a hero, but a neutral character. He he made himself god. <laughs> he made himself a god at one point. He's just also, recently, just recently. He also a Secret has, War storyline. That's a fantastic storyline. I hear. I haven't gotten to read it yet. Um, but more importantly, he was also a king for a long time of Latveria. Correct. Uh, a small nation that he turned into a massive powerhouse. Absolutely. So, so he could he could he could build and create a nation. So this is somebody who can come in and solve a lot of problems for us. True. He true. can look at some ways and work around, and he can even work within the rules. Because the greatest thing about Doctor Doom is that he's going to trick you. You never see it coming. So what you do is you make him your vice president. You get him in line. You got somebody like Steve Rogers over him, keeping an eye on him, keeping a steady hand, slapping him with the shield every once in a while. The Oval Office is going to get banged up. However. Dr. Doom's going to get some stuff done for you. He's going to go into Congress. He's going to meet with the uh, with the House Whips. He's going to meet with the, the Senate. And he's going to remind them that they serve Doom and that they need to get stuff done. So you're going to get some you're going to get some things accomplished because Dr. Doom don't play around. This is this is a very solid point. I didn't even think about that. But I want to say this. How well has Dr. Doom done playing second fiddle to somebody else? Well, he's obviously going to make his power plays. So what you do is... So you're turning this almost into a Game of Thrones Correct. What you do is you... you, Is that good or bad for the country of the United States? Well, it's It's, good because Steve Rogers wins. Steve Rogers will always outdo Dr. Doom. So what you do is you tell Dr. Doom, you say, look, man, you give me eight years of of solid VP Doom, I'm willing to let you be president for four years. Damn it. Oh, that'd be horrible. But when he goes to run, there's no way Dr. Doom would win the national election. Even Unless if he had, he's got it rigged by that point. Right. But even if he had made America the greatest country on the planet, everyone else would still be like, hey, guy, you're Dr. Doom. So he would lose an election that he doesn't perceive he would lose because of his own ego. However— So he would lose the election to Albus Dumbledore. Right. Okay. I'll let you, I'll let you run back on the third term, bro. Bring it on back, Walter Mondoff. I want Mondale, to ask Mondale. you this question. Okay. The state of America at this point, how do you think the minority would feel about the good old— Boy, Steve Rogers as their president. Well, what do you, do you think that would cause conflict? You also conflict? have a Latvian king. So. And yeah, but it doesn't mean anything. How do you think? <laughs> Honestly, Steve Rogers has always done a great job of taking anybody and putting them under his, putting his arm around them and embracing them. He's his Avengers lineup was one of the most diverse, one of the most different Avengers lineups. Uh, Sam Wilson, he was willing to give Sam Wilson the shield when he couldn't do it anymore and have him replace him. So to me. Cap has already addressed the race issue in such a way that it's not even a question. Kind of like Bernie Sanders a little bit where when someone... Feel has, the burn! Right. When someone says something about Bernie Sanders and being around in the 60s and 70s, he kind of laughs because he's like, I, I literally got arrested on the front lines. Like, So for Steve Rogers, he's gone out of his way to always... Uh, I mean, uh, it's kind of corny to say this, but he's always had the black friend in comic books. So I don't even feel like it's an issue for him. So we're going to go Steve Rogers in his prime... Or old man Steve Rogers. No, 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 no. Steve Rogers in his prime. Handsome Chris Evans takes off the mask and says, vote for me, and the women just swoon like he's JFK. I mean, I do like 
Captain America. He is one of my top three but favorite. But will he be assassinated by Doom? Uh, Doom's going to make his place. I Doom's going to make his place. Here, sure. Here's what I think. I think your lineup would be an interesting story to read. It would be pretty impressive in the history books. How does Captain America and Doctor Doom coexist? And what kind of plot lines are going on in the background? Right. The stuff that comes out years later in the declassified papers would be crazy. Oh, yeah. um, So I think that would be good. And it would be fun. But I feel like Dumbledore and Yoda would be hands down the best bet. Alright, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I completely disagree. So there's I'm obviously... glad that you disagree. I respect your opinion. <laughs> Stop respecting my opinion and agree with me. Um, so obviously what we got to do is we're going to kick this to the listeners. We're going to set up a poll on Facebook. We're going to get on the Twitter and all of that. What I want you guys to do, we're going to go to a break here in a minute, and we're going to come back with The Walking Dead. But before I do, get on the Facebook. Get on the Twitter. Dumbledore Yoda, 2016. No, no, no. no. Well, no Clearly we need the main thing. 2017. We need the main thing and the swamp thing to come in for environmental health. I'm See, just this saying. This guy, this guy like, I don't know why do we keep... Go back to producing. Man thing and swamp thing? Dumbledore be, Yoda. I think that would be the greatest environmental powerhouse in the world. <laughs> You're a liberal. <laughs> you went <laughs> Green Party? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, so Nico's going Green Party here, but let's do us a favor. Don't waste your vote on an independent third party. Dumbledore Yoda. <laughs> I mean, you're actually right. Though. Captain America, Doctor Doom, 2016. 2018. All right. So what we're going to do here is we're going to kick into a break, and when we come back, we're going to start talking about The Walking Dead season finale, the season that just happened. So stay with us. Your boy. Yo. I'd like to take a second to thank Gifting for Baby. Gifting for Baby is your one-stop shop for all things creative. All items are made to order customs from crochet newborn sets to embroidered shirts, superhero themes to unique baby shower gifts. All first-time shoppers will get 10% off their first order using the code NERDTHUG at checkout. Gifting for Baby is currently running a special on custom tooth fairy pillows, only $18. So head on over to giftingforbaby.com today. And we're back to Nerd Thug Radio on Money Green Music, where there's still time to purchase an ad for the month of April, and to go ahead and actually get a deal on ads airing April and May. Contact us today via the Facebook page. All right, we're back. As always, Joey Savage. Yo! And uh, the Prince of Wakanda... The child's son, Nico. Uh, we're here today. We're talking. We're actually about to jump into Walking Dead here. Uh, the season finale just happened. Can uh, I uh, can I admit something here? Yes, go ahead. I'm ten episodes back on this current season. You, you haven't you haven't watched it. I you're haven't actual, watched it. You're an actual fool. <laughs> yeah, we. You said you were going to watch it. I know, but I started watching the show Lucifer on Fox instead. But yeah, it doesn't matter. Okay? What, do you, what do you mean it doesn't I've matter? I've been reading the comics, and I kind of know what's going on anyways. Oh my gosh. This man is behind the time. I don't know what to say. Here, here's, something, here's something great, right? Okay. So when this show first came out, I read a little bit about it one day, and I realized there was a comic. Okay. So I bought the first trade. I took it to my wife. I said, hey, you should read this. You're into zombies and stuff. Tell me what you think. So she reads it, and she says, yeah, it's pretty interesting. I was like, hey, they have a TV show. Now, I purposely told her about the comic first okay. before the TV show because I wanted her to like go to the comic store and buy her own stuff so I could buy some more stuff for myself. Smart. Very Devious. smart plan. So we started watching the first show in the season, and we were hooked immediately. Great show. So like really now – and I was telling so many people about the show when it first came out. I've almost created like a pyramid scheme of people. Like, <laughs> it's just like flowed down like okay. all, all these right. people. So now here we are where I haven't even caught up on this season yet. And all these people are like constantly calling and texting and, hey, have you seen the show? Let's talk about it. I'm like, oh, man, I'm, I'm behind. 
But I've read enough in the comics to where I'm at the same point where the show is. But they're totally so nothing, different. But nothing, like, all the big plot lines are the same. So This is true. You know, so Carl loses his eye. That's a big thing in the comics. So that didn't shock me when it happened because I was expecting it to happen. Okay, On this last episode, okay. Negan shows up. That happens in the comics. He brings Lucille with him. I wasn't surprised about that. People have been teasing it and talking about it for weeks. Okay. So I mean, it's all the little small plot lines that you know I've missed out on, but the overall big story, I don't really feel like I've missed much. Okay, all right. I I, I don't know what to say to you because uh, the show and the comic now divulge like it's it's like Game of Thrones where they they they've split so separate now that I I mean Daryl doesn't even exist in the comic books. No, Daryl does. He's such a key important person. Right. And the funny thing is, he, Carol, I don't I don't think Carol's played any kind of the role in the comics that she does. Daryl was supposed to die. Yes, in he the was. first season. Right. And he was so popular they've kept him on. Carol was supposed to die in she the prison. Has, she has taken on the role of Lori. Remember Lori, the blonde that was dating the governor and died. At right. The yes. Yes. That's not. She, oh, is it Lori? I think it's yeah. Lori, right? Uh, was I think Lori was the wife. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So whatever her her name was. Yeah, I don't remember her name. Um, remember Carol has taken on her her role. Okay. Instead of well, Car- instead Carol, of her. Carol in the comic books is a lot younger too. She was like a she was a young lady. She was not. Yeah, she was not older. Okay. So while they deviated from the comic, it might be different characters. I, I feel like the plot is still the same, and I think they've done a great job being true to the comic yet still making it entertaining for TV. Okay. And doing its own thing. So the big thing I'm sure we need to talk about is the ending of the of that Yes, episode. yeah. Who do you so, Corey, think? why don't you just go through it real quick, and then we'll give our thoughts on so it. So, essentially, they've been building up here where Rick Rick made an agreement. He came across another uh, another uh, settlement, and they wanted to trade with them, and the settlement kind of refused because they're already being hounded by a group called the Saviors. Same thing in the comics. Okay. So the Saviors, uh, for those... You know what? If you're not watching it, you should be. I'm not even going to explain what it is. Saviors are bad guys, though. They show up, they take half your stuff, and typically when you first encounter them, they kill one of you to make the point that you shouldn't mess with them. So the saviors are not your friends. Rick knows this and understands this and understands that these are people you don't deal with, these are people you take care of. So he makes the arrangement that he will take care of them in exchange for trade agreements with this settlement that they find. So he he rounds up his his heavy hitters, his guys. His posse and his crew is a deadly, dangerous crew, no doubt. They actually go commando style. They roll through a whole settlement of saviors and kill all of them. They take out, I think, ten to twenty guys, just just execute them style. I will say his squad in the show is way more baller than the comic show. Oh, I'm sure. At this yeah. point, at this point, when they kind of talk about it, they kind of talk about the fact that look, you don't know what we've been through, but we've been right. through some stuff. And these guys, these guys are. They're dangerous. They're killers. They're hitters. Um, and so they, they kind of embrace that. Um, and so what's exciting is you, you feel like, man, these guys can handle anything. What you come to find out as the episodes go by, though, is that the Saviors are not as small as you thought they were. They are actually quite a large network of groups. And so you start, keep, you start running across more and more and more people. And so they sent out a squad to attack and retaliate, and Rick and his people took care of that squad, too. So now two groups of saviors have died at the hands of Rick. So what happens is Negan puts together, it seems like everybody, it's quite a few people he pulls together for this. And he basically lays out a pretty intricate trap uh, for Rick and his people as they go on their trade run to the camp. Uh, Lori is sick. Or not Lori. Uh, man, we just want to call everyone Lori today. Maggie. Maggie. Maggie is sick. Maggie is sick and something wrong necessarily with her pregnancy. 
And so they are bringing her to the camp where the doctor is. And they keep the, – the saviors have actually set up a series of elaborate traps, roadblocks to keep them pinned on the road. So they keep shrinking the road from both sides. Every time they turn around and try and go a different route – it's another roadblock. And they keep basically just shrinking them in, shrinking them in. And it's it's always scary because the groups get progressively bigger. Like the first right. time it was like eight guys. And the second time it was 16 guys. And the third roadblock is 32 guys. Like and so, these, these roadblocks are getting huge. Huge. And so eventually, eventually what they decide to do is they try to go by foot to the camp. This is exactly what Negan wants them to do. He rounds them up. He's got them laid out in front of him. Everybody's on their knees. All of the really the, the relevant characters at play. It brings out Rick, Lucille. Carl, Glenn, Glenn, Maggie, uh, Abraham, Sasha, uh, Sasha, Rosita, Le, Rosita. Eugene, so just all Eugene. I mean, this is and Daryl. Daryl's been wounded already at this point. He's bleeding. He's unhappy. Everyone is laid out there, and so this the table is set. You feel like for the death of Daryl. I think people feel like Norman Reedus' star has risen beyond that of The Walking Dead. Well, he's got a new show coming out. Yes, he's he going to be the star of it. So. I feel like people think it's going to be so. Him. Everyone expected a Daryl death here. Well, what happened? Spoiler alert. Go ahead. We don't find out, right? No, you don't. That's right. Okay. Spoiler alert. And that's what you we're going to talk about. Who we think it is. So Negan with Lucille. It's just us. He, he lashes a beating on somebody, and more than likely, it's a fatal beating because you get it from the point of view of the person being attacked, and it's several. Hits of a bat to the head. Now, is this it's, a bat this wrapped is, in barbed wire? Correct. Bat wrapped in barbed wire. One Straight of out of the WWE. This is old school extreme wrestling. Extreme championship wrestling. This is all ECW. All Heyman championship Oof. wrestling. This is old school brutal is what this is. And so at the end of the day, someone is dead, dying, or severely hurt. You don't know who it is. And so they cliffhangered you going into the next season. Yes. Now, obviously, the comics, uh, they say it's Glenn in the comic books. This is where Glenn dies, right? Correct. Okay. So that's your vote. The, the vote there, if you're a comic book person, is that, well, obviously, this is where they killed Glenn. If you're of the belief that Daryl's star has risen, then this is where Daryl bites the bullet. Um, Can I tell you who I think and why? Who? Yes, please. Or what I would like to see, at least. Okay. I would like to see it be Glenn. I think it would stay true to the comic book. But also... Why you gotta kill a papa? So he's been there since the beginning. He's yes. one of the major characters, right? Okay. So The Walking Dead, even the comics, it becomes less about surviving zombies and more about people. and more about surviving people, right? Right. They become and the true threats of the show. Exactly. The people become the true threats. So what for me is kind of come into, and I, I guess this is why I'm so far behind on, on catching up on it. It's because I've seen kind of the same stuff over and over again. They encounter a bad group of people. How are they going to survive it? They lose a few people along the way. They move on to the next but, step. But that's this the that's the really interesting part about Negan as a villain because Negan is very charismatic and not only because the other threats that they had they they had regular people like they were just normal people like with the governor he had just regular Joes. Right. Negan's group is nothing but like just. Straight savages, like right. these, guys are, these guys are Killers. all loaded with assault rifles and huge amounts Biker of games. I want to say this that. though: some of the people that I've been talking to are in the same feeling as of me, as it's almost the show's becoming redundant. And we're in what season five now, or is it season six? I'm honestly not sure. I think it's six. 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 So we've been six seasons of this, right? I feel like at this point we need a game changer. Well, going I think, into season seven, I think what better way? That. What better way? 
than to take out one of your biggest characters that's been there since the beginning. Ah, you see what I'm saying? I so do. now we go into the next season. Not only are we dealing with the conflict of Negan, but we're dealing with the conflict of Negan and how does the group respond to someone like Glenn, who's been there since day one, getting no killed. longer there. Right. Uh, that would be interesting. To, it, would, it would change the dynamic of the show a little bit. Also, um, I want Glenn gone so that he can go on to bigger and better things, like go into Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and becoming Jimmy Woo. <laughs> or he could even that take... Was, a, that, was the real, that was the real reason. That's the real reason. There it was. That's why he wants Glenn dead. Forget the comic book. Or, he, he my really other reason why I want him dead is so he can join the Marvel Universe as Amadeus Cho and become the new Incredible Hulk. Okay. You mm-hmm. guys read that comic yet? I, I didn't realize Cho's the new Hulk. Amadeus Cho is the new Hulk. Wow. Bigger and better things for Glenn. All he's got to do is take Lucille to the face a few times. <laughs> that, so, was, that was a really... Uh, I'll be honest with you guys. Uh, watching that scene, just like we had, we had the lights dim, we were sitting in movie mode. Watching that scene and hearing those... Oh, man. It was, it was just it's brutal. brutal. It's right? a brutal scene. It makes me almost want to just like gag and almost throw up because it was it was rough. It was rough. And hearing you don't those, even know what's happening to you and it's rough. So, it's just... Who do you think Okay, it's going to be? Uh, who would you like to see it be? I should say. I, I don't. I like. I hope. I hope it's no one. But I know that's not possible. True. Uh, who do I think it is? I think it's possibly Rosita. Uh, See, I, I think if it goes because I feel like her story has kind of gotten a little complicated now. However, I think to keep her alive because she's one of the very few very attractive women. Yeah, I think if you get rid show. of her, I don't think it does as much. I think also killing Glenn solidifies Negan as even more of a. Badass than he already is, right. more savage than he already is. He's taking out. I think it could be Eugene because they kind of said goodbye to him in the episode. This they, is this is true. They it, paint it like Eugene's making a big sacrifice, and then he's immediately captured, but not killed. And so it's a possibility that it's Eugene because they made a point to kind of say goodbye to his character in this episode. And usually, when they do those character moments, those characters tend to go. Um, now, it would be interesting if it was Rick. It's not going to be Rick. It though. can't be though, because TV no. just isn't designed that way. It'd be interesting if it was Carl, it's but not TV's not built that way. Um, Abraham, it could be Abraham. I don't think it'll be Abraham because he was the one that kind of stepped up when when Negan when, in previously in the episode when Negan's kind of walking across everyone. Uh, Abraham's really the only one who kind of like he puts his shoulder back and he puffs up his chip and he looks at him. Here's like, what angers like, me about the Walking Dead show, where I feel like Abraham's getting the short end of the stick. Okay, so in the comics, Daryl's not there, right? Um, so in the comics, Tyrese dies in the in the um, the prison scene, right? And him and Rick are like best buddies. That's like one two him and Tyrese, right? Rick dies. They come up and they meet Abraham. And so from that point forward, Rick and Abraham are buddy buddy. They're one two. He's a main character in the comic and in the show. I mean, he's almost like he's a supporting actor. I don't think he's getting his comic due in the show. I, I think. I think so I think if Glenn of... dies, he'll, up he'll elevate circle. him even more. Hmm. True, they have they have been building a lot on Abraham this season. This this is a right. very this is a very Abraham. They're giving him his due finally, and I'm hoping that with the death of Glenn, he will he will rise to that kind of second with. Uh, but I could see that if they do go with Daryl as well, I think he could take that rise as well. Right, right. And, true, and uh, Norman Reedus was on the Talking Dead, correct? He was, but they didn't say. I don't exactly. think they said anything. As but well. they kept they kept no they kept reinforcing pretty much every Talking Dead that if a cast member's on, they're not going to die right. this season. So it's kind of funny that the last one would be that one. Yeah, would be that would be the rule breaker. <laughs> I, re- yeah. I read an article today where um, Rick, the guy who plays Rick, Andrew Lincoln, said that they all made a pact. To not say anything about who who cooked the bucket in this one, but I don't think they know either. See, I've read con- contradicting stories. Like I've yeah. heard that they don't know who it is. The cast members, and then I've heard that they like, know it is, but they're not going to say anything. On the Talking Dead, they talked about how they didn't know, but I mean, I don't really. 
Like, seriously. Because they're all going to have to come back for at least the first episode next season to film the And here's scene. what the thing I do like about this The Walking is Dead is they don't really tell you anything if you've watched it. No. Um, no. Uh, the guy who played Merle, uh, Norman Reedus' brother in the show, he had just recently bought a house out in Georgia, I think in the Atlanta area, for the show. And then, like, a few episodes later, finds out his character's getting killed off. Right. And he's, like, really sad. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, now, I mean, he's gone on to bigger and better things. He right. He's all time, but He's okay. <laughs> he's Yondu now. He's <laughs> yeah, let me ask you this question. If you're in this zombie apocalyptic world... Okay. Would you rather meet your maker by way of zombie or at the hand of your fellow man? I have to... I think I have. my fellow man. I think so. Yeah. I think I'll have to yeah. agree with that one. I don't want to be eaten alive, that's for sure. That I don't looks want, like I don't a want to, crappy I don't want to way come, to go. I don't want to come back as a zombie. So now if you're eaten alive, would you rather be one of those that like casually gets bitten on the arm and so you know it's no, happening no. and you have to deal with no, you have like to a face three day that. death. No yeah. way. I don't want or do you just want to like go through like the thirty second of nine? No, no, here's what I want. I want someone to go right through the throat. First bite, I bleed out. I got like six seconds of consciousness. And, and someone puts a bullet in your head so you don't have to zombie it? I, I pull a pin on a grenade. If it's me, the same. I'm, I'm pulling a pin on a grenade and I'm just I'm staring at it and I'm counting to three. I, 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 there's no way I want to get eaten alive. Okay. <laughs> well, I will say... Is, is it ten. 10 on a grenade? That seems way too I'm not quite sure because quite, I've never pulled a pin on a grenade. So I okay. couldn't give you that's that fair. accurate information. Anyone who served uh, in the services and knows about grenades... Uh, go ahead and hit us up and tell us. And we will respect your opinion. Right, because I'm betting it's not 10 full seconds from when you pull a pin. That's way too long. I've got a few months to catch up on the season. You don't have a few months. You were yeah. supposed to... You had homework. I'll get there. Oh, F plus. I contributed. <laughs> F plus. F plus. You, you get a solid 10. I'll give you a 10 on that. 10 out of how many? 10 out of 10. 10 out of 1,000. Out of 1,000. That's a 1%. All right. Okay, so that... That kind of concludes our Walking Dead here. We don't know what happened. We don't know who died. We all kind of have our thoughts and opinions. I think here. a lot of people were upset that they didn't find out who died. Well, yeah, they definitely I've felt seen that. There's I, been a petition where they're I trying think, to petition I think, AMC to tell them. By the way, guys, Nicotero. guys, let's, oh, it's never going to work. Dear Internet, stop making petitions. Stop. <laughs> it doesn't really work. I, there's no such thing as a successful petition. I don't. I don't know of one. I've never seen one. I'll sign one though. Yeah, you'll sure. great. That's fine. Uh, talk to Joey. Don't talk to me about it. I'm not going to do it. Joey Savage. Joey.Savage15 Joey. on Instagram. Come find me. I'll sign your petition. See? I'm out. I don't, oh, I don't even want to read your petition. I don't even care about your plug. calls. We now have a Twitter. Come follow us at Nerd Thug Radio. There you go. And I will sign your petition. Stop. You're not signing. What are you going to do? You can't sign as the whole show. There's, like, right. well, there's three people here. You're fired. I'll sign a third of it. Okay? I'll you'll, sign a third of the one petition. One third sign it. Which means you're, you're morally obligated when you report those signatures on your petition to say, and a third. So you're going to get the thug on the Nerd Thug Radio. You're not the radio? I'm the thug. You're the nerd. He's the radio. Hey, that's pretty Are cool. you calling him like a retard? No, no, no. Come on now. That's not nice. I, I, did, I don't know what Cuba you're saying. Cuba Gooding Jr.? Yeah. He played no. A, no, because he does all the editing and stuff. Oh, okay. He's very technical. All right. I just wasn't making sure you weren't calling. I'll sign the petition to get Corey off of the show. Wow. No, I'm just kidding. I couldn't, Man. Do, the show. I couldn't do the show without you. It's been a week, and all of a sudden, it's just Thug Radio. No, you're my best friend. Thug Radio. <laughs> best friend. Okay, no My buddy. If he's going to sing. My buddy. All right, okay. My buddy and me. All right. Speaking, speaking of, we're going to go to a song now that wasn't that, because that was awful. Watch for Joey Savage's new, uh, new rap album coming out. 20. It's going to be me, Twitter Tay, produced by Kanye, T-Pain in the background. Man, that's going to be whoa, awful all over title. Whoa. That sounds pretty great. I don't know, right? 
Ooh, get, a little, get a little theremin going there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get, get two theremins in there. Ugh, that'd be awful. Okay, we'll be back. We're going to talk about Star Wars Battlefront, new DLC. And we're also going to talk about Hero Clicks. And we still got Netflix coming up, too. Stay tuned, guys. The show is packed. I'd like to take a second to thank Gifting for Baby. Gifting for Baby is your one-stop shop for all things creative. All items are made to order customs from crochet newborn sets to embroidered shirts, superhero themes, to unique baby shower gifts. All first-time shoppers will get 10% off their first order using the code NERDTHUG at checkout. Gifting for Baby is currently running a special on custom tooth fairy pillows, only $18. So head on over to giftingforbaby.com today. And we're back to Nerd Thug Radio on Money Green Music, where there's still time to purchase an ad for the month of April, and to go ahead and actually get a deal on ads airing April and May. Contact us today via the Facebook page. All right, and we're back here. You're talking to Corey DLG, Joey Savage, and s- the spirit of vengeance himself, Nico. Um, so, Joey, you actually are leading us in here with uh, our new topic. We're going to try and do this at least once or twice a month. We're going to call it the casual gamer. None of us are hardcore gamers. We do all love our video games, though. So we're going to talk today about uh, Star Wars Battlefront because the new DLC just came out. Yes, the new DLC entitled The Outer Rim uh, debuted on Tuesday, uh, April the 5th, and it consists of a couple new maps, a couple new heroes and villains. Um, It's $14.99. You can pick it up on uh, your PlayStation or your Xbox. So, I mean, just to go through it real quick, Star Wars Battlefront is a first-person shooter. Uh, The Battlefront series has been around for a while. And the Battlefront series is different from the other ones because it actually creates these massive battles... Online, Right, and so I'm not, per se, a huge first-person shooter fan, Neither. but I am a Star Wars fan, so I went ahead and picked this up when it came out, and I love it. Like, I probably wouldn't play any other first-person shooter, but because it's Star Wars, I mean, I, I play it a lot. Yeah, and I mean, just the I opportunity to be a stormtrooper and run through. Right. right, I get you, I get you. So the Outer Rim uh, debuted today, and so what you get in the Outer Rim DLC pack is a couple new maps for uh, the planet of Tatooine and for Solist. Um, for Tatooine, uh, for those who don't know, it's a desert planet. Um, it's where I think Luke was born, right, in the, the first Star Wars? I believe Anakin was born there, too. Yeah, so it's, it's pretty powerful to the Star Wars. Uh, um, pretty important planet. Pretty important planet. You know, when uh, we say that, uh, yeah, has anyone looked into that? I mean, is it like in the books that they reference the fact that two of the most powerful Jedi? I don't know. I think it just, they both ended up there because it is such a big, I think it's like a big training hub. It is, okay. it very okay. much is. Right. So on this uh, the map, one of the big things you're going to get here is uh, Jabba the Hutt's Palace. It's in here. Um, in the game, there's a survival mode where you can play co-op. It's one of the few things you can co-op offline together. Um, and the one on Tatooine is a um, outpost for the uh, repu- the, 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 rebel- the rebellion, and it's got uh, the Millennium Falcon in it. Oh, so okay. that's the first thing I played when I when I got it. Uh, I was just standing on top of the Millennium Falcon, just sniping stormtroopers as they came running around. So that was fun. <laughs> um, and then the other one, you get a factor, factory area on uh, the Solus planet. Uh, the Solus planet is mentioned in Return of the Jedi, but it's never actually seen in any of the movies. Okay, which is kind of crazy. Oh, it's in there. Like a new area. Um, yeah, it was in the video game Rogue Squadron, Squadron that came out for PC. Um, it's basically just a volcanic planet that's a base oh, for the Empire. Okay. Oh, okay. So you get a, a, another new factory area. Now, the two heroes that were released, um, one is Greedo. You know, he's a pretty iconic, small character from the Star Wars universe. I'm going to say irrelevant. It's kind of irrelevant, but they released him. Now, he kind of goes with um, 
Jabba the Hutt's palace in Tatooine, so it fits in that aspect of the Outer right. Rim. And then the other one they gave you was um, a character by the name of Nin Nub. Do any of you guys know who that is? He was an X-Wing pilot. I he was an X-Wing pilot in oh, Return of the Jedi. Wow, uh, he was piloting for uh, Lando Calrissian in uh, Return of the Jedi. What? Um, he is also, however, in the new movie as well. Yeah. He's one of the remaining pilots that survives when they kill when they blow up Starkiller uh, at the very end of the movie. He's one of the ones with Poe Dameron flying on the X-Wing Survivor. So he's like a long-time He's Air a long-timer. Yeah. Not many people know him, so... They, they recognize his face. They don't know his name, yeah. but they know if you see his face, you're like, oh, I know that guy. Okay. Kind of looks like he's got a weird mustache. And he oh, talks okay. Right he on. had like the pancakes on his yep. face. Okay. You, got, you yeah. nailed it. Yeah. So uh, we picked up the DLC. Uh, all three of us played it. Uh, interested to get some of your feedback on what you guys thought of the new DLC. Uh, now, this is actually my first time even playing Star Wars Battlefront. Okay. I have played uh, previous Battlefronts that were set in the real world for, the, for like soldiers and stuff. And I really like, in Battlefront, that these battles are, are larger. Like, Call of Duty does a lot of online stuff, but it, it's, it's smaller things. These are always a lot bigger a lot of times. It's like, you know, you could do 16 against 16 and things like that. Those yeah. are exciting to me. Those One are- of my favorite online ones is when you do the heroes versus villains. Uh, now with four heroes and four villains... You get an eight on eight, that's and a, you, that's fun. you have to kill all the opposing heroes or villains to win the match, and your side has to win five before you declare we want something new. So you get the opportunity every other match to play as one of the heroes or villains. Very cool thing to check out. That, that is pretty online. cool. Yeah. So honestly, we had a lot of fun. Nico and I played a couple rounds together in the survival mode, where you make it through several uh, waves of villains. Uh, we we were uh, we were the rebels shooting the stormtroopers. Um, it was a lot of fun. I gotta tell you, the graphics in this game are beautiful. Just the landscapes were remarkable. Just gorgeous, and the, the yeah, lighting did a great the, job. The lighting is excellent. I, I, it I makes work. you feel like you're in the movie, right? Like you come out of a cave and you have a hard time kind of seeing for a second because it's your eyes literally are adjusting. Like it's really an interesting. It's, it's amazing, just gorgeous game. So in that regard, uh, they've made a very pretty game. I do think that when you're telling something like Star Wars. I almost say don't even take your time. Throw a lot of stuff in there. Uh, the fact that there's only eight characters, heroes, and villains you can kind of pick from. So what you have for the heroes, you can choose between Han Solo, Princess Leia, Luke Skywalker, and now Nin, um, Nin Nub. And then for the uh, rebel, or not the rebellion, for the uh, Empire side, you've got Vader, Vader uh, Palpatine, the Emperor. You've got Boba Fett, which is actually a pretty cool character to play. Always. Chance. And then you've got now Greedo. I think they missed they missed a big opportunity. They, they could have put Chewie in the game. I think he would have been a really nice. Yeah, day to win. Now you can play with a crossbow that Chewie uses. He's he's one of the uh, side weapons you can pick up in it. Um, but I really, I honestly do feel like even though the new DLC is cool and you've got some new stuff you can play with, I really felt they missed the mark on giving us Star Wars fans something we really want. And they, they went second fiddle here. Right, yeah. Both Greedo and Nimdub are, are some odd throwbacks there. Especially when you look at the hero side. You have Han and Leia who both you know, are shooters. Right. You throw in a third shooter to the party. Right. Now, everybody else in the game, when you're playing you know, as a stormtrooper or a member of the Rebellion, you're shooting anyways. So I wanted to see something different. Same thing on the uh, villain side. You've got Vader, who uh, wields a lightsaber. Palpatine, who just does some crazy lightning stuff. And you've got a shooter in Boba Fett, and now another shooter in Greedo. Like, where do you think they could have gone with this instead of what they did? So I've been watching a ton of the Clone Wars right now on Netflix, and I think one thing we're we're totally missing is there are some cool Jedi, and there are some cool Jedi villains. Uh, General Grievous... 
would be a lot of fun to play with the uh, with the spinning lightsaber uh, attack, multiple lightsabers. Uh, and what's the name of the girl, the assassin girl, the Sith assassin who does the double blades? Oh, uh, Ventress. Yeah, very thin fatale. There's not a lot of girls in this game, and you got to remember, girls game now. Like we got to, where, where are they at though? Now this is the second DLC they've released. Okay. Uh, the first DLC they released was just a map. It was free for download. It was uh, the map of Jakku. Which is where we find Ray in the beginning of Star Wars. Correct. Uh, the to Force be fair, the planet is almost identical to Tatooine. It is. It really, <laughs> it is. very much is. It really is. Uh, now they are going to release two more this year, and there's thoughts of one are, coming in 2017. Are they free maps, or these are these are like the first maps. one was a free map. Everything from here on out, you have to purchase 14.99. If you buy the season pass, which is fifty dollars, I believe, then you get everything for free as it comes out. I forget the name of the third DLC coming out. I know the fourth one is entitled um, the Death Star. Okay. So I'm having a feeling we're going to get a Death Star map, which is going to be kind of cool to play on. I sort of like hallways and stuff. That'd be cool. That'd but cool. what I would have liked to have seen is because they released the DLC the same day that The Force Awakens released on Blu-ray and DVD. The so same exact day. So you could have done some time. So I wanted to see something so from The Force gotten, Awakens. You could have gotten like a melee character with like Rey or uh, now Finn. I, yeah, now I know that what they did with this Battlefront is it's not per se set in The Force Awakens uh, time frame, but I would have liked to have seen the tie-in. Like, right. The maps would have been a lot cooler if there was the Starkiller base, like from the end of the movie as one of the maps playable. Um, also, um, the planet of Takodana, which is where Maz Kanata's uh, cantina is. Well, they have the big uh, fight scene in the middle of the movie. It would have been, cool oh, okay. been cool to fight in that cantina. Because you got the cantina plus the outside terrain. Oh, that works and stuff. Um, and the two heroes, it would have been cool. Just I love Kylo Ren. <laughs> Man, he's, he, he's pouty, but I really do yeah, like him. Like, I feel like he I'm is what Anakin so Skywalker, sh- Skywalker should have been. Okay, I agree with that part. That's what he should have been. I'm so out on him. I, did, I, did I not like enjoy him at all. Kylo Ren. So okay. having him as a... New uh, lightsaber wielding character to add to the the dark side would have been a great thing to play with. And then on the hero side, I wish they would have came with Finn because Finn Finn or um... I w- see I want to go Finn because I want to save Ray for later in, in the DLC. But with fair, Finn, fair. you can pull together someone who could yield a lightsaber and who could fire a gun. So you can do right. both. You, you can do, do both. both. That could be a side. Wait, when he actually used it. Right. That's how he so did Ray would have been cool though because it would have added another female, and I feel like she's going to be like. One of the biggest stars coming out of these these next three movies. Yeah, true. So either one of those could have interchangeable, but I would have liked to have seen something along the lines of the Force Awakens instead just to of kind the Outer of bring Rim. Bring it, bring it together with. I feel like with the Outer Rim, they're just feeding us like you well, love Star Wars, you're going to pay the money anyways, right? So we're going to. And I think crap. that's exactly what they did there. And I feel like if this time period is set in episodes four, five, and six, the movies from the eighties, and uh, you know that's fine. But I feel like you could even do some throw-ins. Like like I said, The Clone Wars has, has shown me so many cool little chapters there. I really would like to have seen something it, different. So overall, I enjoyed the game. I think it's really fun. I think it's... I, personally, I've played Battlefront 2, and I thought that game was really fun because it was a, it was class-based. Like, you had your heavy guys that came with, like, a rocket launcher and, like, just, like, a pistol... And it's like that that really diversified the people. Not everyone's just running around with the doing the same thing. Doing yeah, the I same thing and no one no one's just like, Alright, I'm just gonna get the hand cannon and it blows people yeah, away. And I guess everybody would just be Jedi. Yeah. 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 They could have gone Grievous and uh, Asana Oko. Oh, that would have been cool. Oh man, that would have been so Maybe great. we can get that on the next uh, DLC. I, I doubt it, but it would be awesome. If they add the Clone Wars, I think it would really bring up 
uh, Battlefront to me because I think the Clone Wars is one of the it's it's the wartime of the Star Wars right because you can Definitely. actually do do the droids versus the uh, the stormtroopers and yeah. you don't have to do the weird rebels that would be cool you could do the two that would be really things. cool that would be more fun I think hey so guys so thanks for tuning in to the uh, the bit here where we go on Casual Gamer uh, we'll get back to you in a couple weeks with uh, our next video game um, we're gonna take it to a break right now and then uh, Corey's gonna bring us back in something even more interesting. <laughs> I'd like to take a second to thank Gifting for Baby. Gifting for Baby is your one-stop shop for all things creative. All items are made-to-order customs from crochet newborn sets to embroidered shirts, superhero themes, to unique baby shower gifts. All first-time shoppers will get 10% off their first order using the code NERDTHUG at checkout. Gifting for Baby is currently running a special on custom tooth fairy pillows, only $18. So head on over to giftingforbaby.com today. And we're back to Nerd Thug Radio on Money Green Music, where there's still time to purchase an ad for the month of April and to go ahead and actually get a deal on ads airing April and May. Contact us today via the Facebook page. All right, welcome back, guys. We're still here with Joey Savage Yo. and uh, the blind man with no fear, Nico. Um, so we're in I'm Corey DeLaGuardia, of course, as always. Corey DLG, DLG. So we've had a lot of fun already. We talked some politics. We talked some Walking Dead. Uh, we just got done doing our casual gamer segment. I hope you guys enjoy that. Feel free to comment and tell us how we're doing on that. But now we're getting to the meat of it. This is what Joey and I live for. We love this. We're going to talk hero clicks. Yeah, it's going to be our first segment on the radio show talking about hero clicks. We touched a bit on it on the podcast, or the teaser podcast. Yeah, the teaser, right. Uh, so we're going to get into it. One of the big things coming up in uh, the world of hero clicks is set rotation. Right. They uh, retire sets annually. Annually, they retire sets from modern to golden age. Uh, your modern age figures are what you will see um, in most uh, competitive tournaments. Right, right. So coming this June, and then there's one set going in July that we're retiring a bunch of sets. Uh, I'm going to run down the list of those sets that will be uh, going out from the modern area, and then we'll touch a few highlights. I guess right before we jump into this, this week, Hero Clicks is uh, it's it's gaming, it's tabletop gaming, miniaturized figures, uh, collectible in the superhero comic world, in the superhero comic book world, Marvel, DC mostly. So you see a lot of uh, you know exciting things. He's going to run down the list, and you're going to recognize a lot of these things if you don't know Hero Clicks. You're going to recognize the the names that he's saying. All right, so what we have uh, going out from modern into golden, the Wolverine and the X Men set. The Invincible Iron Man set, the Deadpool set, the Slosh set, which is the uh, Superhero Legions. Superman Legions, Legions of Superheroes. Superhero. Yeah. You've got the Captain America um, Winter Soldier. Yeah. The Gravity Feed set going out. You've got the Guardians of the Galaxy, the movie, and the uh, main set are also going out of play. And then Thor the Dark World's going Thor out. Thor the Dark World's going out. Uh, the Batman Classic TV, Batman Arkham Origins. Days of Future Pass, and then the That's OP, the OP events, War of Light and AVX, are both uh, Avengers vs X Men are both retiring. So when I mentioned that list, uh, DLG, what are some things you see that aren't going to be in the modern game anymore? So here, in the past year and a half, one of the things that's been really common at the tournaments we compete in, uh, the games we go play in, people driving all over the country, people driving all over the state, they come to these tournaments and they bring. Entities. Entities from War of Light. And entities have been a big help. What they do is they take a character, they possess it, they give it extra abilities, give it extra attack power. You can even take a weak stat 
and substituted with a strong. So basically, the entities were chases, and the OP event War of Light. Correct. They were rare, hard to get pieces. Some of them ranging as much as a hundred dollars each. And basically, for twenty five points, you can attach it to any one of your figures and make it better. And every turn, you can choose one power and one stat that's higher on the entity than the actual figure and boost your stat there as well. So yeah, these guys were um, huge in the medicine. They were a big deal. You could you would you would see the people play almost as many as two, three, or even four entities. They would attach them to their team. So all of a sudden you would take a 50-point character and make him a 75-point character, but he'd be that much better. You could take one of those like 80 to 90 point figures that has no just really make him to that next. That doesn't time. have any defensive reducers and you can give him one of the figures like Parallax who has Impervious. Now this 70 80 point figure is he can is take a, some hits. He's like he's playing like he's 150. Right, he's a beast. And so these entities were huge. People invested a lot of money in them. People have been using them. I've got one. I think <laughs> I think people thought that they would stick around one more year because honestly even even recently on the eBay, you were seeing these go for seventy and eighty dollars. Yeah, you'll still be able to play them in Golden Age tournament or Silver Age tournaments, but for the modern game, which is going to be which is your what, championships and stuff, that's what matters. You're not going to have them. Anything else on this list you see? Um, right off the bat, there were a lot of fun figures in those smaller sets, like the Winter Soldier, Captain America. Uh, there was a Winter Soldier that had like a sniper power that I love. Yeah. I used all the time. Uh, Days of Future Past. Had a lot of cool X-Men figures. Right. Coming Nike. out of this retirement, Nike there's not going to be a ton of X-Men. Until the new Uncanny until the new set, set drops. And I, maybe that's why they did it. Maybe the timing of that's interesting. Because I would have thought Days of Future Past would have made it into the next year. So basically, when a set has been in the modern era for two years... It's typically it, when it's retired. It rotates. Some of the things I see, um, you've got power batteries from War of Light. That was another huge resource. Yes, resources yes. are items. They're not figures. You can add them to your force. Um, and they boost up stats and all sorts of things. All those batteries are gone. All of them. Every color. They're which, all going to be is, gone. To me, the thing I keep going back to is just how much money was invested in this. Yeah. Because the green one was free. You earned that one by playing in the event. You can only get the black and but, white one at cons. And then the rest of those, you actually had to purchase packs to right. get those. $30 at some point. Not even They're not even cheap. Especially in the aftermarket prices got really... Even on the green linen, the ones that were free, um, those constructs would... Easily cost you ten to twelve dollars for just you know something that was just because some of those constructs you didn't get for free. You'd have to win a figure that that construct came with, right? So it got kind of expensive, and so all of a sudden now between between the entities and the power batteries, War of Light is a massive power vacuum. And it wasn't a set I was interested in. No, at I didn't all enjoy for the figures at all. But the I liked it actually. I but was the, the only entities one and the like and the uh, resources that came with it played a huge role in the mega. And Kyle Rayner even played a huge role. Yes. So this set has greatly affected gameplay. For probably and the I am two glad years. it is going away. Yeah. Honestly, uh, the entities and the power batteries were kind of I'm going to say OP overpowered. I uh, I'm I'm glad they're gone. So also with uh, AVX, the Phoenix the Force. Phoenix Force resource is going away as well. Never really played as much as the power batteries. As soon as the power batteries showed up, you almost saw although, the Phoenix Force. Although one of our own Houston own Paris Gordon, yes he when did. He won uh, Worlds. He played the Phoenix Force. That was his into, or his uh, resource of choice. So it played very heavily into the meta. Uh, just depending on how your team was built. Yeah, you got you got to play with your points and get things right. But as soon as I feel like when War of Light came out and the entities became a thing, the what you what you saw a lot less of was Phoenix Force. So another thing that I see that's going to be gone. You know what you never saw though? What? Invincible Iron Man power battery. 
Not power battery. Uh, power, the power, plant. power plant. Power plant with the rings. You never saw it. You never saw it because it was it was, it was it was too expensive and it was very limited and it didn't give you any stat bonuses. Yeah, so you got a that lot is, of resources that are rotating out with yeah, uh, just three, kind of three in this very this is the same yep. one. Phoenix so Force, also power plant, we're gonna have um, no more zombie chases um, in the Deadpool and the Guardians of the Galaxy set. The right. chases were zombies, right? Uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy going out. One of my favorite. Uh, that group in that set was so much fun. Very good. Uh, yeah, like we've touched here uh, a few seconds ago, you've got two X-Men sets going out, and there's not going to be any more X-Men. Except I mean, you will have Uncanny X-Men come out in May, so you'll have a month where you've got three X-Men sets, but then it's just going to be one lone just X-Men one set. set. Um, also, with the Iron Man set going out, you're going to reduce a lot of the Iron Men that are out there to play modern, which you know is not a bad thing, per se. Personally, Actually, with Iron Man and a- AVX, I think you're down to basically just whatever was in Avengers. Because you got Guardians of the Galaxy had Iron Man, too. It's going to be gone. Right. So whatever was in Age of Ultron, you'll have that Iron Man. And then the, uh, the Iron movie Man. set, Iron Avengers Man. Assemble, Iron is there one? Yep. So we're going to get to here now is we want to talk about a few characters that are rotating out. Um, we're not going to get to the meta characters, I don't think, but me and DLG have basically come up with our top three figures that we're going to miss the most. Oh, absolutely. When it comes to missing these guys in the, uh, the modern realm. All right, let me kick this off here. So we're going to, Corey, we're going to start with your number three. Okay, my number three, uh, the Nightcrawler from the Days of Future, the Nightcrawler from the Days of Future Past set. You love that guy. Oh, man, I did. You, he could carry, and then if you moved within a range of six, he could still get a free attack. So you pump up his attack with some sort of uh, perplex or something, and that guy was sneaky good. Plus, Doesn't he have combat reflexes and ESD? Energy shield deflection, traded, traded. Right? Yeah. and then also a, a uh, power that could not be countered that gave him probability control on attacks that hit him. So I could force you to re-roll, and then you also had to hit. I think it was like a 20 most times. So for those of you not too in tune with hero clicks, when we talk about powers that are traded... Uh, those are powers that aren't actually on the dial, so you cannot outwit them. Right. You can't get rid of them at all. They're just powers that are they're naturally there. They're there to stay. Unless That's you're right. Nick Fury and you hate everybody. That's not talking about Nick Fury. I, I don't even... I, ugh, I hate that thing. But, so the fun part with Nightcrawler was he could reposition the board because he could carry somebody with yeah, him. Yeah, he definitely Constantly could. changing the board up, so you're affecting other people's strategies by being able to move people that they weren't expecting to see move. And that was why I liked him so much, because he was in close combat, but he could also... Oh, that character's double tokened, so when my turn comes up, I'm going to attack him. Oh, Nightcrawler just moved him. And so it kind of, it, it was constantly pushing people to, to not be prepared for what I was doing. Which was very accurate to how he's portrayed in the comic. Absolutely. This is one of my favorite pieces for a lot of reasons, part of it being his comic. One of the things, things I have liked with Heroclix is their Nightcrawler figures have always been pretty spot on to their, the comic book counterpart. Absolutely. They've also been solid, playable. Pieces. Type pieces. Exactly. Which just goes to show how important Nightcrawler is in the comic books. Where's he at right now? Is he in something? He's going to be in the new um, Age of Apocalypse movie. Okay. Well, no, but I mean, I mean in the comic books. The yeah, comic. I believe in the comics he is part of the extraordinary X-Men comic that's going on right now. Okay. All right. So Good. he's in there. He's got to be somewhere. He's a big deal. So let's get to my number three. Um, this figure, I don't feel like she was played a whole lot. Okay. Um I played her in a couple of big tournaments. All right. Um, she is from the Wolverine, the X-Men set. She is number 005, the common Oracle. Oh, man. She comes in at 49 points. So she can fly, which when you got flight means you can carry other figures around. Correct. Um, she starts top dial 
probability control. And if you know how I roll, I need to re-roll <laughs> quite often. You're so bad. Um, and she also comes with smoke cloud and barrier. So you can hide your characters. You can block them in. There's a lot of support going on in the 49 pieces. And then when you whittle her down, late dial, she comes with a pulse wave. Which, if you know anything about clicks, the pulse wave attack power pretty much just negates any power anybody else has within a you know a square range of you or whatever. And she also has a shape change as a defense mechanism. Right. So um, for for forty nine points, you're getting a ton. Income. You get a ton of value. For forty nine points, you're getting a great utility. Well, that's um, a good word. Ooh. Great. That's a yeah. Man. I mean, utility. It's not the radio for nothing. Yeah. There you go. You're getting a lot of utility and, and backup for your heavy hitter. Right, right. You can fit her onto any type of... Um, At 49 points, you can squeeze you her can just about anywhere. All right, so, the only thing is she didn't have very very good keywords. She only had two. Right. Yeah, Shi'ar and... Imperial Guard. Imperial Guard, yeah. So you're limited in, in how you could play her as far as theme teams. But I don't do much theme stuff. No, you don't. I like the theme team. I'm a team, team builder. Like Keeping team in mind builder. with my theme team, characters I'm going to miss, my number two is Blink. Um, so Blink was a lot of fun. That's she was on the character. Deadpool set. Favorite character for you. It really is. One of my favorite combo characters of all time. But more important than that, she was a transporter. She could carry up to three characters that had the same keywords as her, and she had a ton of keywords. Tons. Uh, New Mutants, Age of Apocalypse, X-Men, uh, just tons of keywords. But also, she had a, an attack ability where she could move up to eight squares away, and if the attack hit, she got to go back to where she started. Yeah, which is really cool. So again, she was ignoring all the different... It was just literally eight squares away, so you could get her on elevation and attack from places where... They couldn't retaliate. Uh, so to me, Blink was one of those characters who, again, you had to account for in ways you're not used to accounting for. I like to be unexpected. As unexpected as I think your top three are the equivalent of a team you played last That's, year. Um, at, at different State. only by my number one, but, okay. but very similar. No, yeah, I really like the Blink character. The sculpt was great. Oh, really uh, she was too. low, low points. I mean, not not low points, she but not like high 80, enough points. 80, 85, and she was also she had a leadership. Yeah, so you could get in, you could do a lot of stuff with her. Like she could support and she could attack. Which for those for eighty five points, that's pretty good. That, that's a lot of stuff you can add, um, especially with you rolling the theme teams. She was always in there. Um, you can put her on any kind of team, right? And stay right. themed with, with that many keywords. She was helpful. So your number two, my number two is going to be from the Guardians of the Galaxy set. Oh. Now, I'm going to tell you, the first brick I ever bought was Guardians of the Galaxy. I was hoping to get a chase. I walked away with the common prime, Captain Marvel Prime. And you were not happy. I was not happy until I started looking over and over at him. And I've used this guy. Yeah, you really have. So many of my teams. Last year when I played at the ROC um, event at Space Cadets, finished top 16, this guy was on my team. Um, he comes in with six clicks of life. He's got a special power, uh, top dial he calls the Unibeam. Where he's allowed to use energy explosion, end cap, and penetrating psychic blast. Ooh. On top of having running shot, so you can move and attack with this guy. So you can use um, like three powers at once. That's yeah, crazy. and if you hit the other, if you hit the other person with a range attack, that person, that character cannot make an attack during his next turn. Oh. So not only can he penetrate you for like three clicks off the top with no other buffers, now you just gotta sit there and you can't even attack the next turn. That's pretty good. And then he's also got this uh, defensive power. It's called Defend Humanity from My People, (laughs) where he can use Defend and Super Senses. Now, Defend, you can replace an adjacent character with your printed defensive value. Um, But then he also modifies the defense of adjacent friendly characters that don't share a keyword with them by one. So you put a character next to him. He starts out with 18 defense. Now they've got a 19 defense if they don't share a keyword with him. That's not bad. It's pretty beast. Um, And also, it can't be countered, so you can't even wipe it out. 
<laughs> Unless you're Nick Fury, in which case you don't care. I have said over and over again, Fury. stop talking about Nick Fury. Oh, but yeah, I, I really do like this Captain Marvel Prime. I'm going to miss him. Um, every time I go to build a team for uh, big events, he's always one of the top three or four guys I'm, I'm considering playing as my heavy hitter. Um, he only comes in at 82 points, so he's relatively cheap. Uh, you you got to get, get a Captain Marvel tattoo now. Captain Marvel tattoo, you know? That's not a bad idea. Or maybe just corporate like the the logo or the helmet. The logo of the helmet? Yeah, that'd be cool, huh? That would be neat. That would be cool. So let's get into Corey DLG. All right. The number one figure. My number one figure. You are going to miss the most. So when we got back into Hero Clicks, me and Nico played a long time when he was a, when he was a young wee lad. Um, before he went blind. Before he went blind and became Daredevil, the man without fear. We played all the time. We had We didn't know the rules. We just made it up as we went. Uh, then about... Three, four years ago, we encountered it at Comic Palooza, and we got back into it. And Wolverine and the X-Men was the first set that came out while we were learning about Heroclix again. Right. And this Wolverine is uh, my favorite piece at all. The Wolverine that came in the Wolverine and the X-Men set had this trait where every turn, at the beginning of the turn, healed him one click of damage. Yeah. So he was six clicks. He was 100 points. He didn't necessarily have a move and attack. If I remember, he had charge. But beyond that, he wasn't necessarily... Uh, you know, overpowered, but it was just the fact that you kept healing him. So I played him all the time because at 100 points, what would happen is somebody would hit you for four or five and you'd be like, oh no. But then they try to move on and they say, oh, Wolverine's out of it. But then you get one click every turn back and one click every Sometimes turn back. Sometimes you almost had to one shot him just to get rid of him. You really did because I would, I would pull him back, I'd heal him up, I'd bring him back into the fight. This was like my, this is my favorite Wolverine. They have other Wolverines that have like a healing gimmick. But healing one click at the start of every turn, traded, was just awesome to me. It made Wolverine this unstoppable guy who keeps coming back from each injury, healing up and keep going. I really loved it. It's he's my favorite hero click piece. And you're gonna miss and him. I'm gonna I'm gonna miss him. I'm gonna write him love letters. You should, you know, and uh, hopefully he'll respond back to you, and you guys can continue your love uh, your love sequence later in life. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna use a lot of T Swift co- uh, quotes. So hopefully there's a new. I mean, there's going to be a new Wolverine Uncanny X. Well, they've already previewed one. He's only fifty points, though. You know, a lot of those figures that they've been debuting are all like 50, 60 points. I think they're going back to the cheaper characters to kind of create more creativity in the builds. However, I don't really want a fifty point Wolverine. I want a hundred point Wolverine. <laughs> this must, this has to be like in. yeah. This has to be the fifty point Wolverine who's almost dying. Right. Like I don't. I don't like the idea of like a five click Wolverine. I want. I want seven clicks of ferocious animanium claws slashing through things, healing every turn. Uh, this was. This was the perfect Wolverine to me. All right, you ready for my number one figure? Uh, I, I want to hear this. I want to hear this. Better than Captain Marvel. All right. Better than Captain Marvel. Uh, I know what this is. Yeah. He's going to come from the Slosh set. Okay. Superman, the Legion of Superheroes. Oh, I know exactly what this is. 039, the rare. Also unique. <laughs> Here he is. Right Me here. am not Bizarro. <laughs> I love this figure. So let me tell you the gimmick on this figure. Um, for every 25 points, you put what they call this Orzab token on him. You give one little token. One little token. And you can play him up to 150 points. So you can essentially have... You're six the mathematician. Tokens. Six tokens on this guy. Now, it doesn't matter how many clicks you hit him for each time. You've got to essentially damage him six times if you play him at 150 in order to take him off the map. Right. So instead of taking clicks of damage from an attack, any attack that successfully hits Bizarro any only costs him one token. Now, on his dial, I mean, he's got you know some great stuff. He's got Impervious, so it can make it hard to hit him. Right. You still got to be able to get through the Impervious to take right. the token off. He's got Super Senses. Shape and those change. And Shape Change. 
Those are the only two defenses he has. So you're either going to run up against Super Sense or you're going to run up against Impervious. Right. You know, two, you know, they're not the toughest of defensive powers. Impervious is right up there. But each defensive power, you're getting a chance to roll. Exactly. That's what I was about to say. The Every time you attack him, there's a one in three chance he gets out of it. And also, at the beginning of your turn, you roll a single dice six, and you turn Bizarro that many clicks. So every turn, his powers are changing. Which which makes him unpredictable in the battlefield. He's very unpredictable. So you're either going to run into hypersonic speed, you're going to have some charge, you're going to have some sidestep coupled with some ranged combat expert. You've got all kinds of stuff going on with this guy. Now, more commonly, I usually would play him at the 100-point value and give him four tokens. Um, so you have to hit the guy four times. But this guy is, he's been in the meta scene, um, yes. since day one. When he first came out, you could play him up to 300 points. Which made him 12 clicks of 12 damage. clicks of damage. And some people in big events would play him just by himself. Some people would play him at the 275 and add some kind of like, uh, resource onto him. Or even 250 with a resource. I think before, um, the last rotation, I think one of the big tournaments he was in, someone played him at 250 with that Infinity Gauntlet on him. Oh, wow. And he was almost impossible to take down. Yeah, because you got to hit him 10 times. you got to hit him 10 times with his powers constantly changing. And then with the Infinity Gauntlet added on, you get things like probability control. Yeah, you get all sorts of things. So he's, yeah, he's going to be one guy that I'm going to miss. Uh, the last big tournament we played in that you could build, I used him in there. Um, a lot of people would just throw him on for the twenty-five point value. Yeah, at twenty-five, you gotta hit him points, at least once. You gotta hit him at least around. once, and he's got one, shape one change. Team, one team at state that I saw it was just—it's just—I thought it was such a brilliant idea. It was Parallax from War of Light, which is his whole team's going out of rotation. It was Parallax from War of Light and Bizarro with the yellow battery, and so basically Parallax would get bonuses, and he gets something where every time something like a wall or something is destroyed, he takes a token off. Bizarro always has enough damage to break walls, so he just brought him in at 25 points and just had him in the back blowing just, up walls. Just, like, just run around like a June bug, banging his head on the light. Just <laughs> bring me that Bizarro! And just breaking down walls. That's awesome. That's a great build. I mean, I could see that being like an actual comic. Bizarro just in the background, just banging just his head on stuff. stuff the whole time. And Lex Luthor's like, bang your head over there. Okay, me and Bizarro. Just bang, 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 bang. <laughs> also, I love that his, his entire card, all of his powers are mislabeled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. But he definitely, uh, Bizarro definitely adds a lot of, uh, again, uh, unexpected tactic to the battles. So it's it's a good strategy. Uh, yeah, man, there's a lot of good stuff going out, but there's a lot of good stuff coming in. Uh, we'll catch, catch some more on that uh, coming up uh, in the next uh, few podcasts as yeah. they start coming out. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, those are the figures we're going to miss the most. Uh, it's going to be a big change to the uh, Hero Click scene when these sets go out. Yes, it will. It definitely will. Uh, three resources. Three resources. And then the zombies. And the zombies. So there goes the zombie super scrolls. And the entities. No so, zombie super scroll. No bullseye. There's a, no banshee. There's a lot of stuff. Well, there's a lot of stuff. A lot of police force then too. Yep. Science police. Oh, I like those guys. So there's a lot of meta stuff going out of this. There's a lot of big stuff going out of this. Uh, team bases will be gone. At no this more point. team bases. Um, so I mean, there's a lot of interesting things leaving. It's going to kind of change the game a little bit. Uh, but of course, the game will always survive, and who knows what's coming next. Um, Nick Fury. Stop saying Nick Fury. <laughs> All right, so stay with us. We're gonna uh, we're gonna bring in a guest on the next segment here and talk a little Netflix. Uh, but thank you, uh, thanks for your time so far, and stay tuned. I'd like to take a second to thank Gifting for Baby. Gifting for Baby is your one stop shop for all things creative. All items are made to order customs from crochet newborn sets to embroidered shirts. Superhero themes to unique baby shower gifts. All first-time shoppers will get 10% off their first order using the code NERDTHUG at checkout. Gifting for Baby is currently running a special on custom tooth fairy pillows, only $18. 
So head on over to giftingforbaby.com today. And we're back to Nerd Thug Radio on Money Green Music, where there's still time to purchase an ad for the month of April and to go ahead and actually get a deal on ads airing April and May. Contact us today via the Facebook page. All right. Hey, guys. This is Corey DeLaGuardia, and I'm here with Joey Savage. Yo. And, of course, the illustrious and invisible Stan Lee. Um, and then we're actually doing something different here. we got a guest with us today, uh, Zach Attack. Hey. hey. That, that's it. He's done for the whole set. That was it. He just came in and said hi. Thanks, Zach. Um, all right. See you later. My time is super valuable. That's all we could afford to get. <laughs> that was it. Months of work blown right there. We're starting over at zero. Um, you wasted your time telling me hello, you jackass. <laughs> Anyway, today what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about Netflix, and so no one better than my boy Zach uh, for pop culture. So we're bringing him in, we're going to talk Netflix, we're talking wave two fantasy lineups. Netflix and chill. So the idea here is, you know, Marvel did a wave one here where they released, were releasing four shows over a couple of years with Netflix, and then they're going to introduce a second wave of entertainment, obviously out of this. So each of us sat down and separately came up with our idea for what would be the next set of shows. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and go first here with what I think would be a cool second set. Um, and obviously, my first one here is Blade, the Vampire Hunter. And then even as I was kind of making the list, I thought it'd be kind of neat if it was Hannibal King, maybe, instead of Blade. But either one of them uh, would be interesting to see on, on television. And uh, I think that's all. I think it's worth noting that even though he's had movies, they've done enough in it to where it'd be easy to spin it off. Yeah, and then also, they had a Blade TV series... And it wasn't bad. I just think it it, it was on a weird channel. Uh, I don't I don't remember now which one it was, but it wasn't one of the ones you commonly. Well, I think now even with the vampires and being on Netflix and not being restricted to that's know, normal true. TV, they can do a lot more. The content can step up a little definitely because that that was one thing about Daredevil is they were they've been brutal. They've been they've been brutal on that show. Uh, and then obviously from Blade, I would go into Brother Voodoo. You know, Doctor Strange is going to be coming out. It's going to introduce the world of mysticism to the Marvel universe. And Brother Voodoo is another powerful sorcerer, but he's also well, he's also a black guy. We gotta introduce some, you know, get get some more black guys in this. Right now, all the famous black characters are sidekicks, so we need to we need to step it up. Until Luke Cage. That's, that's Luke Cage is the first one. Although really, he's kind of Iron Fist sidekick. Although it doesn't seem like they're going to be presenting him that way. Yeah, he's definitely going to be on his own show. So, we'll so that's true. Well I thought they were more like partners, not necessarily like. But they always put him in like in books together, and I don't. Maybe it's just the racist in me, but I always feel like he's Iron Fist sidekick. Maybe, I, maybe I got it backwards all this time. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I'm the guy who can't read. I think they're heroes. just equals. They're equals. They're, they're partners. Either, either way, you don't see a lot of black characters as standalones. No, you don't. You definitely don't. And that's why I always love Black Panther, who's who's debuting in Civil War. I always thought he was he's. Very exciting because yeah, definitely. The, a king of Wakanda, a technologist, kind of rivaling Tony Stark. But we're getting off topic here. So my third TV show would be Ghost Rider. Uh, one thing I'd like to do with that, though, is I'd like to kind of harness the idea that the Ghost Rider is this scary thing you don't really you don't really want to deal with. So the guy who is being, the guy who was hosting him, the avatar for the Ghost Rider, he wouldn't necessarily call him out every episode. He'd call him out every once in a while, almost like the Hulk, where he tries his best to do it on his own with his mystical shotgun and... Maybe some spells and tricks he's learned along the way. And then every once in a while he gets so over his head that he has to call in the Ghost Rider. Do you think that Johnny Blaze can bring enough to the squad as Bruce Banner can bring or to Daniel the Avengers? Uh, either Danny Ketch or Johnny Blaze. I think I think they could do enough kind of like in a Constantine sort of, sort of way where they're sort of part con artist, part slightly mystical, part slightly badass where they can kind of just... They can they can tread water, but then when things get rough, they have to go to the the, the big gun. There. I think a, a principal thing to note about Constantine though is Constantine's always on. 
Right. He may not exactly know what he's doing, but he's always Constantine. Right. And on the flip side of that, Bruce Banner, when Bruce Banner is Bruce Banner and not the Hulk, he brings a lot to the Avengers table on his own. Right, with his intellect, of course. Do you think Johnny Blaze, or whoever Ghost Rider happens to be, is strong enough, not in that Ghost Rider form, to bring something to that team? Well, I think you could kind of do something fun where you bring in like an older actor, kind of a weathered Johnny Storm, or, you know, I mean, a Danny Ketch or Johnny Blaze. Someone who's been through the ringer for a while, and maybe even find out he's a couple hundred years old and been housing the spirit of vengeance for a long time. He's been in the shit. Right. And so you kind of feel like, okay, this guy could definitely hold his own because kind of like a, almost like if, uh, is it Sam Ellis, the guy with the mustache who has the awesome cowboy voice in every movie? Like if Sam Ellis was Johnny Blaze, nobody would question that he could, he could kill some vampires or some other mystical creatures. It's Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. Sam yes. Elliot. Okay. Sam and, Elliott. And he's already got a good relationship with Netflix from the ranch. See, ranch. this is Ashton Kutcher. There you go. You put a, you put a cowboy hat on him and a leather jacket. You let him ride a motorcycle, which he probably already does because he sounds like the baddest dude I know. I'd like for my Ghost Rider to be like the younger version so you can get some of that like X game ish. I hate the X Games. Yeah, but you could bring like the young crowd into it. He could be like the wild card of the team. The young one is well, got all the chicks with him. That's see, my wild card would be Elsa Bloodstone, the fourth show here. She uh she's the daughter of a famous monster hunter. She's been given the Bloodstone, it's like a family heirloom that makes her immortal and invulnerable. And um she could kind of make her like the wild party girl who finds out she's a monster hunter. So on her own, she kind of brings in sort of that wild card element where maybe she's learning what she's doing as she goes. But she's kind of, you know, indestructible. So she, you could kind of have some fun with that. What book is she from? Um, she was actually in, uh, the last thing she was in was Next Wave. She debuted in the 60s or 70s as like a very obscure character. Uh, actually, I think her father even debuted first. But what's going on since then is Next Wave, Warren Ellis picked her up. Kind of took a, an odd conglomerate of these characters. Uh, boom Boom from New Mutants. Boom Boom. Like That's right. Boom boom. And he basically kind also, of remade the comedic. Uh, well... Is she in that? Yeah, she oh, picks up the right. Uncanny X-Force or okay. uh, issue 5, I believe. So where she comes in is like that valley girl, yeah, bubblegum, yeah. blowing stuff up. That was from Next Wave. Warren Ellis kind of reimagined these characters as this funny little group. And it was a really funny book. It was fun to read. Uh, but it was really big. They took on this other... Uh, I don't remember what the name of the group was they took on. But like the, the henchmen were filled with like uh, living broccoli... And they would like zombie march. Like it was really some crazy off the wall stuff. <laughs> Why not next wave is your uh, next wave? Choices? Just too big. It would have to be animated almost, and it wouldn't really kind of intertwine. Um, you know, the characters themselves don't really fit. One of them was just this uh, drunkard called the Captain. Sure, he was like a kind of like a Superman knockoff. He got abducted by aliens and given his superpowers. Sure, I like that they spent some time on the name. Yeah, they... I feel like that's my life story. Like just a drunkard walking around. Bumping into like wrong situations. And That's essentially, and so also like, you're a captain, and right. I'm a captain. Right. Sure. This is true. We Captain Joey Savage of Nerd Dog Radio. I, you know, did we vote on that? I don't think we have to. I'm the captain. Did you're you, the captain. But well, did yeah. you, did you pay for their captain? Nailed license? it. Did you nailed it? <laughs> you can't just say nailed it. You can't just say nailed it. That's right. not like an argument. Part right. of my radio show. So nailed it. So like you're pulling rank on. Put it on the board. All right. I'm the okay. captain. You can pick captain. any other cool character you want to be on the show. I want to be the captain. So final answer here. What? Out of all the things we may come up with throughout the next few years, you already are declaring yourself the captain. I want captain. to be the captain in your Elsa Bloodstone That's show. That's dude. Okay. You're pigeonholing yourself. You're right, yeah. I, I want to do it. Uh, Wait, I, do you mean you're the captain independent of this podcast? Like, no, no, no. You no, want no, to no, play no. the captain in this show. But you oh, yeah. Still... I want to play the captain in the show. And okay. I'm, 
I'm the captain of the radio. Well, you got to understand. Can you just, call you the captain. Can you just refer to me as Captain Joey Savage? It's never going to happen. No, that's not going to happen. Not until you officially get your uh, your captain's license. Why did we right bring Zach into this show? Well, because he's he knows discrediting me as the captain. Right, but he knows what he's talking about, which in like fact it. is true that you're not a captain. I can't discredit something that doesn't exist. <laughs> I just made it exist. Poof. Okay. What? I mean, All right, so have you thought anything I more guess. about these shows? Like, would that the order you'd want them to be released in? Um, Maybe I'd swap Elsa Bloodstone around with one of them, just because she might be the fun kind of punch. Maybe put her in the middle. I, uh, I think you should do Ghost Rider at the end. Kind of bring him in as kind of like an in-game player there. I think, I think pull, so. I think you should pull that bandit off the very of the game. Just do Ghost Rider first and see if it takes or not? Get over it. Wham! Get over. Yeah, because, like, you can easily abandon it. <laughs> it's Ghost Rider That's terrible, right? But, like, and, and, I, and what you're going for here, I think, is, is to combine these characters that are related in, in a mystical or higher magic art, right? Right. And Ghost Rider is the one that kind of doesn't fit, almost. And this sounds stupid to say, but hell is grounded in reality. Whereas magic and vampires all have a, a little bit more esoteric, ethereal feel, right? That was that was so Catholic of you. I know. So that wait, was vampires so aren't real? Right. What he's saying is vampires not real. The devil very real. Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying, now I know how we brought this guy in. I like what him. I'm saying is it's it's a much bigger leap for someone who's getting emotionally invested in a show to believe in vampires than it is for them to believe in heaven and hell. Okay, yeah. I would So, if you want them to take this huge leap, you want to ease them in with something they're kind of familiar with, and then get into, like, weird shit, like, brother voodoo, and then blade. Right. Well, I think that, Ghost Rider, probably pop culture-wise, would yeah, be that's the, the most. The that's the most known. Him and Blade are the two known Lead with Ghost Rider. Here's... Here's the biggest challenge I see with this, and and I got nothing individually against these characters. I don't know Brother Voodoo very well, but anybody anybody who's involved with Next Wave for this Elsa Broad, I'm on board with. The, your biggest challenge here is you're going to need a lot of exposition and a lot of backstory early on, either in the case of Blade and Ghost Runner, or excuse me, Ghost Rider, to rewrite the show movies that have happened, or in the case of Blade, the already dynamic trilogy that exists. Right. Or you're going to need a lot of or for the in the case of Brother Voodoo and Elsa, what's her Elsa Bloodstone? Elsa Bloodstone. These are relatively unknown characters that deal in something very outside the normal realm of what people are kind of used to seeing. You're gonna need like a half a season almost for each of these characters to, like I said, either redevelop their backstory or get people involved. Oh well, and I think that that's kind of the advantage of using these kind of weird characters is it'll take you some time to get to know them. Sure, and then you don't have to do. Like, the second season of Daredevil, I think one of the issues, I think the reason they introduced the second character is because they didn't have enough to do... They basically had two seven-issues, seven-episode seven stories that they kind of worked and weaved together into one story because they didn't have enough to do one new... They didn't have another villain, Kingpin-esque, right. to do 13 episodes with. What if you look at Jessica Jones? I mean, she's not a big name. How many people knew who Jessica right. Jones Right, so they took their time, and they introduced her over time. And, they, and the and, show did great. And, and a lot of people even say, you know, it took me two or three episodes to fall in love with it, but then I was in. And you were and, hooked. And, and so I kind of feel like you can take your time, and it also means that the big villain at the end doesn't even have to be that big of a villain for the payoff to work because you're going to spend half the series... Getting to know them. Getting to know these characters anyway. You have to think, too, though, Jessica Jones had the advantage of Daredevil, right? Right. Well, this one... Jessica Jones almost... And I, and I hesitate to say piggybacked. No, but it kind of did. But Right. People are now like, oh, Netflix is doing some stuff with some Marvel characters. And Luke Cage will have that same advantage. Right. Because yes. Luke Cage is a relative unknown. As right. much, almost probably as much as Jessica Jones was. Yeah, because he's always been paired with other characters and paired in bigger books. So, on his own, I mean, only recently was he even an Avenger. So, I mean, it's good. It's, I, I agree with that. But so, hopefully coming out of Defenders, 
Defenders will be big enough that when they say, hey, you know, it'll do well enough that they're going to go, hey, we did a Defenders movie, and uh, by the way, Blade starts next month. And you're like, oh, man, okay, I'm in. Um, Zach, what did, what, what did you come up with for this little mental exercise here? So here's the thing, and I and I and I'm hesitating a little bit on this. I'm trying to gather my thoughts and say this correctly because I think I, I think you have a pretty solid list by and large. Okay. Um, I think though that we're running into something now, and I'm starting to see it in more and more comic book movies, and and now even worries me that Daredevil is leading this way as well. We're always building towards something. We're building towards a team up. We're giving Daredevil two or three seasons to get going. We're giving Jessica Jones two seasons to go. We're introducing Luke Cage. We're bringing in Iron Fist. We, we've got Punisher because we're building towards this massive payoff team up at the end. And that's not to say that the, the standalone series aren't good. The individual episodes and the individual characters aren't good. I, I do think it's neat. I think though that as a viewer, it's almost become a little formulaic. Like I know when I go to see, when I go to see Thor, I know that that Thor is going to be a solid movie, but I also know it's going to open the door to some things that aren't going to get answered right away. It's building towards something. Okay. I know now that I'm watching Daredevil and Jessica So kind Jones. of, kind of, for those who heard the first podcast, sort of my complaint about the Batman and Superman where there's, when you're done with each thing, there's little bits of, little bits that are still connecting to things you don't know. Right. And, and maybe it's not even that. Maybe, like I said, I think Daredevil's really solid standalone. And I think if they never did a Defenders team up, it'd be fine. Oh, definitely. But, but what my concern is that I don't want to, as a viewer, always be knowing in the back of my head, oh yeah, this Daredevil's phenomenal, but I wonder what they're going to do next. So I wonder you're what the for, team up he's working towards so, is going to look like. So your four aren't necessarily connected then? Not at all. Alright, so let's no, hear not this. Not at all. Let's... I don't want them at all connected. Okay. So right. I've got five. Okay. Um, I, and, and this is just fun, and this is something that I've, I've been a fan of a long time. I think Dazzler should get a show. <laughs> um, okay. Dazzler's right. a throwback mutant, for those of you who don't know, who basically can turn sound into light energy. Including hard light holograms. Right, which is useless in a firefight. But I, what I think would be interesting to see is we've seen we've seen mutants in the X-Men movies being kind of sheltered and brought up in a school learning how to be mutants together. And we've seen a little bit of backlash from society as a whole against normal, everyday mutants. And then we've seen standalone characters without powers building themselves up and becoming heroes. What I think would be interesting on Netflix to see with Dazzler is how is someone who is world famous, because that's the whole premise of Dazzler, how does she deal with, number one, being a mutant, people finding out she's a mutant. So it would be like a secret that she's keeping. I don't even know necessarily that it would have to be a secret. I just think it would be interesting to watch and see. I think it would be a fun movie. Like where the media is almost like a bad guy. Right. And I think think it would, I think there'd be some conflict early on whether or not she should hide it, but I think as as soon as possible, it needs to be brought to light to everyone that she is a mutant. Because Uh, the interesting part... They, uh, nah, words. Oh my God, so good at puns. <laughs> um, I, I think that the, the real conflict in anything, the, oh, I got to hide this from people, that's no longer a conflict. That's boring to me. This is um, true. What I think the real conflict is, is how does she deal with this shit? She's mid to late teens, maybe. She's world famous, so she's got that show going on. In addition to being mutant when the world isn't exactly sure. So you're saying like one part Empire, one part um, Buffy? I don't watch Empire. Never saw Buffy. Man, Terrence Howard. These relationships. I've never watched it. <laughs> really? I mean, Buffy? Like, oh, I want to see it, but I I now have a hard and fast policy. Unless it is a show on Netflix where the whole season gets released at once, I no longer get emotionally invested in shows until they're three seasons in. Okay. Because right. I'm furious when I'm midway through season two and I find out they haven't received renewed it for season three. 
I'm done with that. Okay. Um, okay. So Dazzler. I think it'd be a fun show. I think there's there's a ton of stuff you can do, and there's a whole bunch of actresses, both known and unknown, that could play that role pretty solidly. Okay. Um, so my next choice is, and and this this kind of leans in the other direction, um, and because we've not really seen this either, I think it'd be interesting to start off with a team. Um, X-Men kind of did it, but the original X-Men movies were about how Wolverine kind of and Rogue came to join the team. Right. There wasn't a lot of the team interacting by itself early on. I think Alpha Flight would be a good story. Yeah, just have them show up just I think like yeah like a fully together formed once. team yeah. like, I think there's there's a lot of interesting possibilities there's a lot of solid characters in Alpha Flight it okay. opens up the door for Department H it opens up the weird dynamic between the brother, brother and sister twins how you how do you deal as a mutant if you're a Sasquatch like that's a whole other mutation we've not seen before yeah so like, the form is entirely changed if we're doing a wish list we could get a, a Tyrion Lannister god his name is I've just fallen out of my head oh uh, Peter, Peter Dinklage Peter Dinklage yeah Peter Dinklage to play Puck I mean Jesus God are you kidding me That'd be amazing. But yeah, you open up, you open up characters like Omega Red, stuff that that pretty much anything Wolverine's ever dealt with. You can almost transfer that story to, to Alpha Flight. You really could. No, I like could. that because most of our comic book, TV shows, movies. It all starts with the individuals and then builds up to the team. So where this one would already just start with the team, right? And you could maybe work backwards. Yeah, and you oh, can, absolutely, you can you totally can have your little character you vignettes. Do, you yeah, can I like do one it. shots. You can show. You can do. I'm a big fan of flashbacks to show history, just like in in TV shows as well as in comic books. So there's a lot of flashback potential there. Yeah, um, and you can introduce characters that maybe weren't technically ever on Alpha Flight, but are related in some way in Canada or specifically the Weapon X program. Like there's right. a whole host of those characters. So there's that. Um. So another interesting idea, and and we've seen a little bit of success, I think, of this with uh, Gotham's with their, or excuse me, Gotham's heavy focus on villains. I'd like to see a villain show, um, and I think a character that again, and it would depend on the timing between Alpha Flight and this one, but I think Sabretooth is a character that opens a lot of. Yeah, I would watch that show um, twice a day. Wolverine. It depends on which version, like the Liv Schreiber one. Right. Well, my, my only problem with Sabretooth is he essentially is a gra- like a gross serial killer, right? Like. Right. Like high numbers. It's like right. a Dexter version so, of a villain. So here's what happens in my, right. And, and you're right. And, and the thing, the, the interesting thing about Sabretooth to me has always been that he's been both very far ends of that extreme, right? right. Where he's, he's been a lunatic serial killer. And then you look at Age of Apocalypse where he was more or less a hero of one of my favorite the just, right. right. Well, exactly. even now in the comics. And even now, like, yeah, you're he's right. A, he's, he's a good done guy. some stuff where he's come over to the team and stuff. And I think that's a, that's an interesting progression and story to watch him go back and forth. And it also, Opened you up with this long lifespan, like you've got years and years of stories to do. You can almost vampire us, right? You could do a whole series, a whole season where all Sabretooth is is just trying to fit in in a small town in Canada, right? And he goes nuts and kills a bunch of people. Like he, the animal urge takes him over. Like there's um, just a this lot. sounds a little bit like the show Banshee. Uh, have you guys seen this? At Banshee's all? a solid show. Okay. Um, no. The the principal difference <laughs> there, I think, between between Sabretooth and Banshee is I don't see Sabretooth as necessarily trying to hide who or what he is. He doesn't have that much control, especially in the early seasons. That would be fair. But you should, you could show character growth with him very very easily. Right. Um, who would you get to play him? Because that would be that would that would be very character driven. It's it, yeah, you'd have, it'd have to be. I'd like to see likable and was it Liv Schreiber that played him in the Wolverine movie? You know, he doesn't show up in a lot of stuff. He might. I mean, he's that got might his be own TV show. Here's on his, Showtime. Oh, you're right. You're right. Here's my issue with Liv Schreiber him playing him or Liv Schreiber or whatever his name is. If if the Sabretooth series is going to work, number one, it needs to be I think almost completely detached from the X Men movies. Yes. The fact that the Sabretooth character changed between the, his iterations in the movies, where in the very first one he was this lunatic. Tyler. 
Shriver didn't really talk for right? a pro wrestler, player. right? And didn't talk. And then in when the Lee Shriver character was played in, in the Wolverine ones, like it, it's just a whole different feel. I think you almost need to disconnect. As far as it being character driven, I'd like to see him be more of like the Lee Shriver Sabretooth. I just don't know if I'd get him to play that character. But someone in that vein, I see what you're saying there. I, I, I would, I would, I'd, that would be an interesting end. show. That would be an interesting show. Yes, and I love Sabretooth, the character. Um, I would watch that show. And you could introduce one of my favorite characters of all time, Blink. Yeah, Blink. Show. Absolutely. Blink is one of my favorite all time characters, and you could have her be the conscience of Sabretooth. I would watch that show. We twice just, a day. We, we literally twice just, a day. I, I'm hooked already. I would watch that show. It's hard to, and the, the, the premise of this, this conversation we're having is it's a hard thing because Fox owns X-Men, right? Right. And Netflix and Marvel have teamed up for everything else. Well, there's a handful of mutants that haven't passed to the X-Men. Right. So you have to start looking outside of the country, or you have to start looking at bad guys. Which is convenient, because for sure Sabretooth was on my list already. Right. Um, and it gets you away... There's no mutant TV show, so it gets you that mutant feel, and but it also pulls away and distinguishes itself from the X-Men. So we're up against it. What are your next two here? Sorry. Okay, so my next one would be Forge. Okay. Um, okay. I think Forge is a solid standalone character, and while he could touch other storylines that were happening in the un- in the Marvel Cinematic Universe or wherever, I think he's a strong enough standalone character and, and occupies enough of a mentor role in a very different way than Charles Xavier. I think Forge would be a great character to do. Okay. Um, you could definitely roll him into like some Native American mysticism, also some cool technology things. You're really into people of color tonight? No, no, no. What I'm saying is like these are stories. There's stories you could go in where you could go down like, you know, like, because the, the Forge character for a long time, prominently he was mystical based. Sure. Uh, it just so happened he had technology stuck on him that he could sure. build. Sure. That was what was cool about him was the dynamic was he was a man of like, he was like a shaman almost, like a man of the land. However, his mutant power is to create these incredibly advanced technological things. And so that counter, you know, a man who could build a time machine when he, when he goes to sleep, but when he wakes up, he, he almost doesn't even want to turn the electricity on. That's kind of an interesting, that would make for a cool, conflicted character. Right. And I see, like I said, I see him as a mentor role like he was to Nate Gray in Age of Apocalypse. For That's sure. That's the kind of forward, and you can always We've referenced see- it a couple times here. Age of Apocalypse was yeah, a, man. was an amazing storyline. It involved time travel. They killed Charles Xavier and, uh, 20 years before he makes the X-Men. Magneto forms an X-Men. However, it's too late. Apocalypse takes over America. So you get this demented version of these characters. That's why Sabretooth is a good guy in that universe. God, how many times has Professor X been killed? Um, a solid five or six. Really, that's my true wish to cite him as an Age of Apocalypse series. That would be amazing. With all the retcon shit they've been doing with the movies and stuff, you could have a standalone series as Age of Apocalypse and never have it affect anything that's going on in the cinematic. Well, yeah, because they also, at the end of it, they fix it. They right. go back in time and they undo right. it. So you can tell the whole story and then walk away. So I've got that Forge. And then my last one, and, and this is one that's kind of exciting to me, it would be an anthology series in the in the kind of the true detective Vein, where okay. each each season is kind of a standalone thing, and there's a common thread or things they have in common, even though they never touch, and the storylines don't carry over. This would be like a mutant families or mutant dynasty stories. So I'd start out with the Guthries, okay, and do a huge thirteen episode show about how the Guthrie, Guthries, all the kids are hardcore, Cannibal, mutants. Husk, all the shit that happens in the, the Midwest. The other siblings also have powers. I don't remember right. 
I think it'd be really interesting to see that how a family, especially a middle America family, copes with having all their kids as mutants, especially when all the stuff goes down. Uh, Sentinels could show up, right? Out yeah, of nowhere. Is, and then you get into the second series, and then you can look at Star Jammers and the Summers. Oh, that would well, be, that'd be cool. And that's an, still up in space. That's an easy introduction to that because people are already kind of comfortable with the idea of a family of mutants, a legacy kind of system. So that that'd be, I think, an interesting thing to see. I, yeah, I'd watch that. I'd watch that. Star Jammers. I'll be on uh, that. Star Jammers yeah, would be sure. I'd be all over some Star Jammers. Heck yeah. So we're going to take a break right here. And then when we come back, Joey Savage is going to educate us on what he's got going on here. The uh, best four, because I am the captain. I really want to see this, because you've got this page full of notes over here. You're all very excited. I am excited about this. So what I want to do, so what I want to do is we're going to come back, and I, I want to see what's going on here in this list. Uh, so just bear with us here, and we will be right back in just a minute. Yo. I'd like to take a second to thank Gifting for Baby. Gifting for Baby is your one-stop shop for all things creative. All items are made to order customs from crochet newborn sets to embroidered shirts, superhero themes, to unique baby shower gifts. All first-time shoppers will get 10% off their first order using the code NERDTHUG at checkout. Gifting for Baby is currently running a special on custom tooth fairy pillows, only $18. So head on over to giftingforbaby.com today. And we're back to Nerd Thug Radio on Money Green Music where there's still time to purchase an ad for the month of April and to go ahead and actually get a deal on ads airing April and May. Contact us today via the Facebook page. And we're back. Uh, so we're obviously we're talking about Netflix, Wave 2, and it's still obviously me, Corey DLG, here with the uh, should-be-more-invisible producer, Stan Lee, and then there's always Zach Attack, and, yeah. and then Joey Savage Joey. here hasn't gotten to go yet. We made it wait till after the break. I think you guys saved the best for last. I, I hope so, because I see all these notes over here. And I'm I got a lot curious. of notes. I'm very curious. I did my you... research. Okay, I'm ready. That's I'm a ready. lot of research. Okay, okay, so Netflix, Wave 2. So my Wave 2, I like Zach's idea where they don't all tie in together. Okay. I think they tried that with Wave 1. It worked. Okay, let's try something different since we've already got things going. Let's see how it works out. So my first pick... I'm kind of playing off where they don't give Punisher his own show. Okay. I feel like he's just going to, you know, cameo in each one of their different shows. Just show up with someone. Right. Okay. So I went with what I kind of think my version of the female Punisher would be. And I'm going to go with Silver Sable as my first uh, show here. I do like Silver Sable. I do. I've always liked her since I was a kid. All of her covers were real shiny. Yes, they were. You're right. White hair, silver uniforms. Um, So she's going to be my first pick. So I like that she does the six-pack. And or the Heroes for Hire. So I like where Zach was going with starting off with the team. But this one would start off in that same manner. Okay. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, Silver Sable, famously she's a bounty hunter and she would hunt war criminals like from World War II. And in the Marvel Universe, a lot of those have superpowers. So she would roll with some kind of B and C list characters that were, that were her six-pack or her wild-pack, depending on how many there were. And so they would help her out. Uh, famously, Sandman was one of those. Then they had a I don't remember the guy's name, but he was like a he was a black Captain America with a shield, he had the triangular shield. Yeah, I think anti cap. They might have called him at one point. At one point, but famously he was on he was on her wild pack for a long time. Yeah. So what I did here is I like the B and C class villains in here. Okay. So if I did this show, I would want to monitor it or go after like the way CW does Flash or the Arrow. To where there's one big kind of storyline that goes through the whole season. But then there's each, like a villain of the week. But each episode, there's like one of these Class C or Class B villains that she's chasing down. Okay. And it's kind of the same way you have Arrow, where they're all kind of like an anti-hero, where they're going to get gritty, as opposed to, you know, being, you know, your 
happy-go-lucky heroes. Okay. And so, you know, they've got all, like, these B-class sidekicks. Um, and the one big one that I would put in there would be, uh, I don't know how you say his name, like, Paladin or Paladin, you know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, Paladin, yeah. Yeah, so he would be, like, her main sidekick. They'd be, like, the only character that someone might know who he was. Right. He's the same as her. He's just a bounty hunter as well. There's nothing. Yeah, he's uh, he's actually uh, invulnerable. There's right. some, some sort of experiment was done to him where he's he's not quite unbreakable skin, but he's just a tough, tough guy. And so the only way I would tie this in to maybe the way the Daredevil show is going, or you know, the, the original Defenders, is the main villain I would have for the show would be the foreigner who Silver Sable was one time married to. Okay, and he has tie-ins to Wilson Fisk, who is the kingpin from. Uh, Daredevil, so it almost kind of tie into one another, but not really play off of one another. If you, if you're and you could you have some fun with this, where maybe Silver Sable, they're doing some bounty hunting in Hell's Kitchen, yeah. and cross over with Daredevil, or maybe Punisher. Like cameos, but right, yeah. nothing more than one or two episodes. I think not, that's a good idea, I like that. Not necessarily a tie-in, just kind of like, they relate to each other. They're in the same universe, universe. So they world, cross over. Right. Yeah, correct. I like that. So I even picked someone who I would like to see play Silver Sable. Who you got? Okay, so any of you guys watched that show, The 100? Uh, I recently saw some episodes. So the main character on there, Eliza Taylor, is a blonde, young. I would want that to be my Silver Sable. Okay, I'm assuming she's very hot. Of course. Okay. You've seen her. We watched the episode together. Right. Which one was she, though? She's she the, blonde. Was the blonde one. Oh, the, the, like the, the queen. Not the queen. Not the queen. The, the one, one that made out with the queen. Oh. Clark. Her name is okay. Clark in the show. Yeah. No. Yeah, okay, she's, yeah, you could put her in a cat suit any day of the week. Exactly, right? right. One of those tight leather outfits. Would you make her have the white hair? Of course. Is she weirdly skinny like the broad on Daredevil? No. No, no, she's got a little bit of uh, meat to her. I think you're, I think you're just hating on, uh, on the Daredevil. Why are you hating on Deborah Ann Wall? Yeah. Do you not like gingers? I'm not hating on her. Like, I don't think she's hideous, but like, I, I have to say, you just built my expectations over this new hot character with your verbose description of her and she's hot. she was in season one she's not that good looking she is hot she was uh, True Blood she definitely called my attention they definitely kind of downplayed her sexiness a little bit in Daredevil in season uh, one definitely but season two is starting to pick up right no they, she, yeah no for sure alright so I'm going to move on to my second choice here okay and I'm going to go with Wonder Man alright okay okay so he's kind of have powers equal to Thor is what uh, someone has described him as fuck I like Wonder Man Wonderman, yeah. <laughs> so he's a he's an actor as well. So kind of like Zach with your Dazzler, you've got Wonder Man who's an actor who's also got you know some superhuman type powers and is also like filling in for uh, some of these teams. He was on the Defenders, so he wanted to do some kind of tie-in. You could. But let me also let kinda... me uh, let me interject here for those who don't know. He is nothing like Wonder Woman. No, uh, Wonder Man is actually uh, he was created actually originally to be a villain. His brother was the Grim Reaper, who was already a villain. He gave powers to his brother, hoping the two of them could go on some crime sprees together. Uh, Wonder Man is essentially full of what's called ionic energy. And is, what does that even mean? Um, That's they, a false science word. But but it's it's one of those nice, fun sci-fi words, like... Uh, like uh, Cathode ray tube? <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Yeah. And so what they do is, now at this point, Wonder Man, they've established that he's actually inv- uh, immortal. Because he's right. energy, and energy never dies. Exactly. So um, so he has super strength. At times, he can even fly. He can fly, yes. Um, they don't even have to necessarily make him invulnerable, because as a being of energy, he could just choose to let things pass through him instead of actually having to have him bounce off his skin. So he can't even just go through the floor, though. <laughs> uh, you know, you could kind of play it up a little bit, where sometimes he's a little too ghosty and has to kind of make himself be solid. Right, especially as an actor, it'd be real f***ing 
cock up if uh, the video cameras can't pick him up. Oh, that would be difficult. That would be fun. So you mentioned the Grim Reapers as brother, which brings me to the villains that come in with this show. Okay. I think it'd be a good way to introduce the Masters of Evil yeah, into the universe. I love the Masters of Evil. Can we, get some, can we get some Citizen V? <laughs> so, I mean, you could have Baron Zemo, you could go with the Melter, Whirlwind, Moonstone. I mean, the possibilities are endless for I Masters do, of Evil characters you could like bring into this TV, this TV show. Also, he kind of has a romantic relationship with the Scarlet Witch. She, yes, he does. I don't think that she's ever going to get her own movie. I don't think that she wants to get her own movie. But this could be a way to bridge Netflix TV with Avengers movie and have her cameo or even be a secondary character in the show. What do you yeah. think? No, I, if if you could convince the Olsen to do it, I think I think it would be interesting. I think she would because, I mean, we're going to go off topic a bit, but I think she's come out and said that she would even play on the Fuller House because their sisters won't. Oh, show on the show. Really? That she might go on there and. and so play she's obviously role. a little bit more comfortable in the role of being an Olsen and, and kind yeah. of. She's just so, probably about making money. Who well, are we talking true. about right now? Um, is it Ashley Olsen? No, it's Elizabeth Olsen. Elizabeth she plays Olsen, the Scarlet Witch in the Avengers. No, right. She's, she's the, the third Olsen sister. Yeah, she's the younger one. What the fuck? Oh. Right. I, I love mean, Scarlet Witch too, man. Yeah. No, oh, yeah. Awesome Scarlet Witch. And she's gonna be she's gonna be prominent in Civil War. So. True. Now, where she comes out of that, who knows? Like, she might come out of that in a situation where, as a character, she can't maybe be used. She might be too powerful. It's possible. Uh, I mean, I think they're also teasing maybe a Vision, Scarlet Witch romance. romance in there too. So that could be. But it's just the possibilities. I feel. Could you like even do a triangle? I don't know. I don't know what Paul Bettany does in his free time. But or maybe even him as an ex-boyfriend. Even that has potential. That's true. That's very true. true. Yeah. So I, I went with a, an actor to uh, to be Wonder Man. So I was thinking somebody who could carry his own TV show by himself. Maybe someone who's done it before, a little older. Okay. So I went with David Brands. He played the angel. He was in the Buffy. He's on the show. Oh, uh, is it is it Boreanaz? Boreanaz, Boreanaz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see him like playing that Wonder Man. Actually, role. that would be a pretty good. That would be pretty good casting there. He can, he can carry a show by himself. We've seen it. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, he's got ties to being an angel, so he can do the whole you know superhero superhero TV show. Yeah, yeah. So with my third choice, um, like you, uh, Corey, L- Corey DLG, I took Brother Voodoo as well. There you go. You know, a little overlap here. Obviously, little, we're onto something. Little Great overlap here. Like here. And same with you. Like I, I want to go with the sci-fi aspect. I think it's a way for Marvel to get into doing like werewolf type stuff and vampire type stuff. Of course, um, of course. You know the spiritual stuff, magic. Another tie-in besides just the Doctor Strange movie. Um, you yeah. could even use someone like Black Talon to be. The main villain. I mean, they had a run in in one of uh, Brother Voodoo's earlier comics when okay. it first came out. Um, or you could even do um, Jack Jack O'Lantern. You could bring him in to here. Yeah, and, uh, bring in an old pumpkin head. I do here. like that with the exploding pumpkin heads. And so I was thinking of like someone to play this character. And my first choice would have been John Boyega, but of course he's in Star Wars. That, that's never happened. Okay, yeah, right. Um, I love that dude ever since Attack of the Block. I mean, <laughs> this is my block. I mean. <laughs> that show, that movie was awesome. Okay. So I've narrowed it down to two different ones. I don't know if either of you guys have ever heard of these, uh, but the first one is his name is Ricky Whittle. Now, if you watch The Hundred, like I do religiously, he plays the character Lincoln. Um, he's a younger guy. He's kind of buff. A younger black guy that no one really knows too much about. So I think it'd be a great way to get him his own TV show. Mm. The other one is a guy named uh, Boris Kajo. He plays uh, Luther West in the Resident Evil movies, um, the one Afterlife and Retribution. And he's also on the comedy show. Um, with Will Forte, um, Last Man on Earth. Oh, I, I, I do like I, I, 
Picture him in the Resident Evils now. He like he kind of looks like an athlete. So yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do like so him. So give like him a, like a B time character, bringing him into uh, the Marvel family. It's kind of what they're doing with some of these Netflix shows. I think anyways. it'd be kind of fun though if, if it was somebody smaller, not like, like a not skinny version, yeah, of somebody like stature, like tiny. Like, who, who would you put in there? Um, there? see, but all the I like, just holding the staff like, up. Yeah, it would look. It would look. It always looked really cool how in Lord of the Rings, Gandalf was this old dude, and oh, then for those moments when he needed to sum it up. He kind of like rose up. So like uh, you know how in uh, the Prestige with Christian Bale, he noticed he notices the Chinese man's act where he puts the fishbowl on the thing is the act is the life, the magic trick is the reality. True. So you want to kind of cast somebody who plays small and then like explodes for those big magical moments. That's yeah, hard to do with a big actor, right? And so like you know the guy they cast is Baron Mordo, and the uh, yeah would have been a great choice, but I mean but they just he's used the bigger and better things. And the only I hate to say this, but all the slender. Oh, you know who? Uh, who was the kid who just got done playing in Walking Dead? They killed him off last season. Oh, uh, what's that guy's name? He had his own TV show for a while. Right, he's he's good. He's yeah, really good. I, mean, I thought about him um, too. You grow out his hair, put a little facial hair on him, though. Yeah. Kind of, you got to age him a little bit. So he was on that Chris Rock. Like everybody hates Chris. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I can see so that. So you age him a little bit, and that would be like a perfect kind of brother voodoo with the staff. Yeah, because then he could play larger, but but feel small. Like, I like look at the Haitian from Heroes. Yeah, but that's another big guy. You're right. right. I, I'm I'm leaning more towards like somebody who is it's, small because part, part, part of magic is small African American males. Well, it might They're be just ripped. Kevin Hart. I mean, we gotta we gotta go. We gotta go. Kevin Hart already. Cat Williams is clearly in need of some money. <laughs> we can call a cat up. What's going on with that guy? Can we just take a second? And hold, and he's he's lost Twitter his thoughts mind. and prayers. To he's Cat lost Williams. his mind. Uh, he punched a kid in the face. And then the kid took him down. Right, the kid beat him up. That's awesome. If you're going to surprise punch a kid, win the fight. You better knock him out. Win the fight. <laughs> Whatever, I had no problem with punching a kid. Right, but if you're going but to... That's not even my complaint in this situation. <laughs> but your complaint is that he lost, right? I mean, you can't lose if you're going to punch a kid. I guess. I don't know why the kid got even to throw a punch. Like, why didn't he knock out a 12-year-old kid? Because he can't hit that hard. Right, Cat Williams didn't bring the power. He I mean, just I can't broke. hit that hard either, but... <laughs> <laughs> You could probably hit harder than Cat Williams. Right. I mean, Most likely. Those who can't see, Zach is like the size of three Cat Williams merged into one. He's like um, Super Cat. Like he puts a ring on and puts it up in the air. And right. Bam. But if he takes That's the accurate. if he takes the ring off, he divides and one of those three is Cat Williams. This is a perfect verbal description of me. Right. Perfect. And, and the curse of it is, is none of them know which of the three will be Cat Williams when they come out of the merge. Yeah, it's a real... <laughs> so... <laughs> I think we're onto something good right now. That's a sitcom in and of itself. In itself. <laughs> Alright, so for my last show here, it's going to be kind of a stretch. I see this, okay. It's going to be a stretch if, if they can get it pulled off. But everything Netflix is putting out is real, like, you know, gritty and... They're taking advantage well, of the fact that they're not cable TV. Right, and it's it's aimed for, you know... Or not broadcast TV, I should it's, say. It's aimed for the older generation. Right. Guys our age, I, I would per se. I, think, I feel like that, yeah. So if they could pull off uh, the move where Marvel gets a hold of the Fantastic Four... Okay, which is they, probably coming soon because those movies have all been bad. So all the movies for Fantastic Four are just underwhelming. Like, none of them have you been like, oh, I'd watch this over and over again. Like, right. They've all just kind of flopped. Like, I like you really... don't even wait for the end of them to decide you don't want to see it again. I was like Marvel's first family. You can't do movies with them. I've always wondered that. And also they have a hard time finding good writers for that series. I've always, I've always been curious about that too because it feels like it's almost like something that's sort of jinxed a little bit. It's hard to watch. It's too big. 
All the personalities are too big to make something like is that, that what you successful think it is? on the screen. Yeah, I really do. It's easy to read because when you're reading a comic, you can do several issues where the focus is Mr. Fantastic. You can do several issues where it's a Johnny Storm story. But in an hour and a half, two hour movie, it's four huge type A personalities with these very dynamic, earth shattering almost powers. It's too much to see on a screen. Anything that you put them in together feels contrived. Okay. All right. No, you know what? I kind of, I agree with that. And also, they don't do small adventures. Right. So it's very hard to, cinema, like, movie-wise, you'd, you'd immediately be going into a budget of $200 million, $150 so million. So that's why if you bring it down to a TV show, you can do these So after everything adventures. we just said about how it's too big, yeah, we're going to make it a TV show. You shrink it to a okay. TV show where okay. they can no. do these small adventures. I like, actually wholeheartedly agree with that. And it's a family-oriented type show, you know, where... People, kids of all ages, adults, anybody can watch. So you could do like a Johnny Storm episode. Like and a sitcom almost. Like he comes home to... at the end of it and they're like, how was your day? He's like, I don't even want to talk about it. And we were just like, I mean, you know, it was a negative. Almost like a yeah, sitcom <laughs> version instead okay. of a right. you know, okay. big gritty um, superhero. You can touch on all the little little stuff. So you can give them their small shows. You can do shows where maybe you're just focusing on focusing on one or two of them. You're not having to bring all four of them together which, which for is one catastrophic event. This is the, the the advantage of a TV show is that you can you can just take episodes and just focus them on a specific character. Right, I actually movie. agree with that. Like, what if it had like a? I think it's too big for a movie, but small enough for a TV. I, I, I I'd be interested to see what a season of that would be like. I'd be interested to. What do you got? What, what, what were your characters? I didn't really want to pick characters for all of them, but okay. I'm just going to throw this out there. What if Mr. Fantastic was Hugh Lowry, the guy who played House? I think that would be perfect. If he's Mr. Fantastic. That I sounds really good. He's got good. arrogance just, to just him. Just thinking about his smart. face, he seems like one. If House was Mr. Fantastic. What if House is Mr. Fantastic? That's fair. That's fair casting, but what you lose is you lose any kind of buildup. So you just bring to, all the house cast back and just you have to stuff. make the beat. You know what I mean? Bring Olivia Wilde back. Oh man! Oh, like Omar Epps. Because oh. I think that's a solid cast, I, or I think casting him is solid for Mister Fantastic. But that means that they're already 10, older, fifteen years right, into being right. the Fantastic, Four, right? Which you is a whole other dynamic and not something that necessarily wouldn't work. It's just you have to consider that you've now lost. Well, what that if you did instead of just what if you did two cats? What if like, you did instead of Fantastic Four, you do the Fantastic Family as the main characters, and then the Thing and Human Torch just kind of cameo here and there? But it's no, I think that would be way less entertaining unless something happened and they were like stuck somewhere, some kind of adventure where they're like they're in the negative zone yeah. or they're in Atlantis, in deep space, or deep something. That would be a fun sci-fi. You, you know what you should. Just do Lost in Space with Fantastic Four. Boom. We've got just, it. Just do that. Nailed it. Captain. I think that would be a show. I think I would watch that. Then you can bring in Star Jammers. You can bring in all kinds of yeah. things. But I do feel like it, it's The Fantastic too Four big. connects to literally everything, doesn't well, it? Well, and, and in the Marvel comics, famously for the for the 60s and 70s, they introduced the Marvel Universe. So, Silver Surfer, Kree, Scrolls, Galactus, the, the Planet Eater, uh, just almost the entire cosmos. Fantastic. Reed Richards' mind was constantly expanding and constantly experimenting and doing these new yep. and big things and finding new things, uh, introducing new characters nonstop. Fantastic Four was like the door to the Marvel Universe for probably 10, 12 years there. And it just blows my mind they can't get it right in the cinema. I, I definitely agree with Zach that it's just it's just too big. Because a lot of times there are just like big earth shattering things that like never we've gone we we get the origin story in the same movie that we're, you know, gonna fight a huge villain. Well, yeah, well like when you have like the Avengers movie, you have right. all these small movies introducing characters and you bring them up to one big movie so everybody kinda knows who they are. But with the Fantastic Four, it was you just have a team whole. and you're trying to do the origin plus have them come together 
and then all their villains much. are so big. Doctor Doom, Galactus. I mean, those are those huge are, villains. You can't do standalone movies with them either. No, they are. They are not themselves. independent. Of That's why I feel like in a TV show aspect, they would work. work. You guys kind of convinced really me work. there. I honestly, I, I'll be very honest. I, I didn't like it when you started, and then now by the end of it, I'm, I'm with you on this. That's why and, they call me the captain. No, we don't. Nobody, call, nobody you calls you the captain. That. that doesn't happen. Oh, but they will. Who? <laughs> Who is this? They? <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen at all. But. I do like what you're going with there. I think that would be an exciting show. I think people would watch that. I think it would have. A, I think you would have an audience there. Um, so yeah, I mean, I like that. So that kind of wraps up our Netflix talk for today. I I think it's really interesting. So Brother Voodoo definitely got the most. Yeah, Brother Voodoo. Both shows have to get greenlit. So now it's going to get greenlit. That's it. It's greenlit. That's it. We're just going to write a letter. Two out of three. Just going to write a letter to Netflix. Yep. <laughs> sure. Dear Netflix, we so decided. Let's do this. If we have we have to pick four, right? Okay. So between our. All of our God, picks. I you guys told me five. We, I think we did, and then we changed it to four. Right? So we have to pick. We have to pick fair. four out of the out of all the ones that we picked so far. Which four we go with? All right, I mean, I, I, Brother Voodoo's got to be. All right, well, obviously we got to we got to go ahead. Go ahead, Stan, make the vote. All right, Stan, Stanley, coming in here. Wait, sorry, I just need to get something in before <laughs> you do your vote. I just have to say that your two Brother Voodoo stories are wildly different. True. So different that I don't even know that I would count them as the same character. Yeah, I know. There's no... And, and the thing is, there's no middle ground between the directions the two of you want to take it in. I know. I and that, you really ex- expounded on what your brother Rudy's story would be. You just said he'd be in the mystical realm. Right, right. So you could agree with the captain. That's cool. <laughs> All right. Panamanian Stanley. Panamanian Stanley here. Uh, coming at you live. Here we go. So I think the picks would hear... Um, I think we gotta go with Sabretooth. I think it's probably one of the like most it. interesting. I do too. I like Sabretooth. Um, you can watch it twice a day. Twice a day. Uh, the Fantastic Four TV series I'm a huge fan of because mm. I really want to see that. I, I do too now that we've, we've fleshed it out there for them. They're so lame. I hate that I'm behind it. <laughs> <laughs> fun for all ages. Fun for all, fun for all ages. The Fantastic Four. Can we get the power pack in there too? Cameos? No. <laughs> no. Not, absolutely not. <laughs> they have Franklin Richards though. Alright. Alright. What's the last two picks? I gotta go with Brother Voodoo because we did get two people on it. Although I kind of lean towards more like just kind of introducing him. With, like I kind of like your uh, Joey's here. His his version of Brother Voodoo I had to agree with more. This is, this is bogus. That's why they call me the captain. <laughs> bogus. <laughs> I, told you. I drove right. him Who, here. Who's the last one? I really don't know. I really like Zach's Dazzler because I think it's really cool. It just be, it kind of just kind of like broaden that uh that vision there. Of just yeah, I like having... that too because then you've got someone famous like we talked about teeter tottering between being famous and having powers. Yeah, and I think it you know. It's, we have, we don't have a female lead in any of our four shows. So that's true. a great one. Except for and it's a new character. Except for Elsa Bloodstone, and, and it's a new character that no one's really heard of. Except for Elsa show. Bloodstone, I'm just I saying. Think, I think yours work really well when they're together, and if you're going to be that one where it's like individuals building up to a team again. Okay. But I really don't like that because Zach brings up a very solid point. That's literally been. That's that's exactly what the DC was trying to do. With right, we're gonna cut you off. Then. Forget it. You're Nobody's out of here. Watching Ghost Rider. <laughs> <laughs> I actually really like Ghost Nicholas Rider. Nicholas Cage would watch Ghost Rider. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. If Nick Cage is in a fight, I'll watch it. I'll watch anything he's in. Oh, you're the one guy. Let him play Black Panther. Just mail him, <laughs> just, just mail him $10 a month then. He's like, like, I wish he would have been. And you get that Nick Cage Patreon page. I don't care. Let, let him play also Bloodstone. <laughs> All right. And with that visual in mind, this was this has been Joey Savage, Yo. uh, special guest Zach Attack, hey. the Panamanian Stanley, and myself. This is wrapping up our Netflix here.